thoughts, we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. We've got John in Kelowna, Amher in Toronto, and myself in Elmer, Quebec. How is how goes it this evening, gentlemen? Pretty good, man. I've uh, had a good past couple of weeks. Made some interesting observations. Uh, John, how about you? Okay, what were the interesting observations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Um, so over the past two months, I've enrolled... Guys, he he's Warren Buffett. No, no, no. Oh, over the past two months, I, I enrolled a couple of people into the program, contractors that make a lot of money on a monthly basis, but have grossly inefficient parts of their system. For example, there's this guy in Colorado that easily makes $60,000 a month in profit. Net? Yep. Doing what? Um, he does basement renovations and waterproofing where he has, where it's residential and it's all, all the work is insurance. So it's mm. through, through insurance. And he doesn't know how to hire a sales manager. So it's like, so, he, so he's doing all the sales. Yeah, but he used to have sales managers, but they never stuck around. So it's like there's just like basic fundamentals around his sales and sales cycle that he didn't get figured out. But he does everything else so well that he gets compensated for it very high, like very highly hmm. for many years. So it's an interesting spot. The reason I share and then I had somebody else join the program earlier today who makes a $50,000 $50, a month and has been doing that for like six years. But he has a 20% closing rate on 15K ticket jobs and has no sales process, no sales script, no filtering mm. process. Yo, how does it? It's interesting. It's crazy, man. It's like, interesting. It's interesting. How? <laughs> how, does, how, does, how do these What people... business is that guy in? Uh, windows and doors. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting trade. The reason I share is because there's a mindset that I have to put myself in on these calls. Mm-hmm, for sure. That is, that is extremely unorthodox, which is here's somebody who's financially doing well, but has systems within his business that I can give him more than enough return on his investment to work with me. And it's interesting because 
you know, now I'm I'm not just talking to business owners or at just like the level I'm used to. There's business owners in higher levels that I'm now starting to attract with my reputation that are working with us and are getting incredible results despite a couple of inefficiencies in their business. Like this so guy that the observation. The observation is that it, it revealed to me a very interesting challenge on how to get myself out of my own head and just be like, oh, I actually can provide value for this person, despite of the success they're already seeing. Um, like like are you, at first, was it intimidating that yes. this person's making that much money and yeah, you're, I would, you're sort of doubting yourself to some degree? Not to some degree. Yeah, to every degree, I would doubt myself. I'm like, oh, can, can, I, can I really, can I? And then I'll just get get that little voice in my head, that insecurity, and then I would just apply, stick to what I know, stick to the fundamentals that I've done really well with, and then they'd get results. And it's like, oh man, this was such a great investment. I've invested way more for way less. And all I did, all I did was just help them with their sales. All I did was help them hire a sales manager. So far. And already, you know, so it's it's um it's quite cool. Yeah. And that was a very interesting observation. So that was that was one. That I, made. I don't know if you guys want to comment on that, but I feel you like know. you already kind of knew that though. It, it, I, I like, did, but when, when it's happening in front of you, yeah, exactly. External to the sister situation, you would have been able to tell me a coach doesn't need more experience on paper than an athlete or someone they're coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it was it was cool to to get that affirmation like yeah. on that call, like where I was. To, yeah, I had him walk me walk him. I had you know him and I on the call. We would walk through his entire sales process. I would throw objections at him. And he wouldn't know how to handle them. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. I can. What's what, what? How do you do your appointment setting? What do you call a lead? What's your lead to estimate ratio? What's your average cost per acquisition? Oh, it's 16%. Well, is that good or bad in your opinion? What mm -hmm. should it be for Google Ads? I know these answers, so it's like, oh, okay, well, here you go. Um, wow. So that okay. that was very interesting. And then another observation I made was around, uh, which is, it's like how particular you have to be with your language. So we all know this, all three of us know this, but there's a kind of like levels, like knowing it is just like 10% of it. Applying it is the next 90, which is I went to the barber and I went to a new barber because I moved locations. And I go to this guy and he, you know, his name is Patricio. He's, uh, he's from South America. It's a pretty sick name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there and we're like looking, we're looking at my beard line. And then he points out, it's like, oh, I don't know if you noticed, but your beard line on, you know, on the right side of your face starts higher than the one on the other side. So we have to use, despite that, to maintain symmetry, we're going to have to make it, uh, we have to make it, uh, we have to make a specific cut, but around your cheek it one side may be a little bit higher than the other i'm like yeah oh that's i didn't even notice that like that's a that's definitely a problem that i didn't notice like oh that's <laughs> insane and he was like he's like he has like this south american accent he's like no 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 problem just here <laughs> and it was crazy because i was like really like oh man like how are we gonna solve this problem like how are we gonna make this equal without like, looking janky and he's like like, no, 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 relax. No problem. Just here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, it reminds me of a quote. Uh, 
if your problems can be solved with money, you don't have problems. Like, where'd just, you get that from? I know where, where I know where that quote. Oh, where is it from? from? Then is it like super commonly known? No, it's Chris Thompson. Are you sure? I am sure. Chris told me that. Oh shit. Okay, maybe it was Chris. Damn. Thanks, Chris. Just about to almost not give you credit for that. Damn. Oh yeah. I remember that. I remember talking to Chris. I'm like, oh, what do you do about this? What do we do about that? And he was like, listen, Hammer, you know. It, 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 and then it, it was a way deeper conversation. Actually, and you're lacking you know content. Now that you say that, I think it was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, it was interesting because I was talking to somebody earlier today. He's out in Newfoundland, and he's having having a lot of trouble with his employees. He's a he's a client of ours. He he introduces these systems, but his employees don't want to do any of the work, and his employees didn't even want to think. Like he asked them, we asked them to test this, which is start the job site by asking his team, okay, guys, what do you think we should do today? All his teammates just froze up. They didn't know what to do. So he was saying, oh, you know, I'm trying to introduce this, but I'm faced with a lot of aggressive resistance from the team. I'm like, hold on, Steve. Like, is there actually resistance? Like, do they have the riot shields out? You know, it was like, no, I think they're just trying to change their habits. So. Language is very interesting, and I'm starting to, again, try and dial back into that, which has been really cool. So, uh, other than that, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, I've been, John, you've been running, right? Because I've been I've been working out harder than I ever have, and it's uh, it's been helping as well. Yeah, that's where we finished off last conversation, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hold on. Last, hold on. Last week, Amber, you were saying that that was the one area of your life that you felt like you were completely inadequate in. Working out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, not anymore. Now I have a plan. And yeah, I feel, I feel in control now. So this last week was like, was, was good. Yes. Good call. John, John seems uh, skeptical. No, the no, reason no, no, why no. I, I feel like it's super important to catch your friends on that kind of shit, though, is that I feel like a, a lot of times I have found myself in the past saying something about myself that's not true. And it, you can lead yourself to believe that things are better than they actually are, or that you've been more consistent, or that you are being a certain way. Like, I remember having a conversation with an individual uh, a few months ago, okay? And almost everything this person thought about themselves was completely wrong. But they actually believed it. Like, as in mm-hmm. they thought they were disciplined. They thought they were, you know, trying their best or putting in, you know, putting in good effort. They thought a lot of things about themselves. But when you actually asked them to break down, you know, their daily habits, their life, or how, like, you know, or another way of wording is, hey, if I was a ghost that was just following you for the last six months, do you think that that ghost would make the same conclusions about yourself that you are today? And most people, you know, if they are lying to themselves, will be like, no, right? So that's why I think it's super important to catch those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I feel more consistent over the last week. Like, that's <laughs> that's it. That's, that's no, it. no, I get it. I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Like I, I, I did my work. I did my, I, I input it, and I feel good. Yeah, I guess what we're saying, Emmer, is we just have our doubts. Yeah, and that, and you should. I do. Yeah, no, not, you should because you have like one a, data not, point. Not, not an Emmer, you're an inadequate person. <laughs> but no, like no, no, in a, I know, I know. In a, in it's a, like, oh, great, you know, let's celebrate again in one year. When you, uh, yeah, I, I guess, I, I guess one thing that I've just uh, 
you know, even with myself is that I'm just, I'm no longer impressed by anyone that starts anything like starting something is just no longer impressive. Like, yeah. Um, uh, like starting a business, (laughs) not impressive. Right. What an interesting, uh, starting, uh, that's so true. Starting a habit because there's so much clout in, in saying you start something, but if you think about it, most, not most, a good (laughs) started a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, like, well, so the, yeah, I I think I was, I remember reading somewhere that like 99%, which, you know, again, I don't know what the actual number is, but some crazy high stat of podcasts don't make it past the 10th episode. It's, it's kind of how it's like all, you know, it's like how there's like that stat that X amount of X percentage of businesses fail after X amount of years. And you know, there's this, that there. Okay, well, podcast has that same thing, but it's like the tenth episode is like a is a milestone. Like getting past that is incredibly difficult, for sure. Yeah, um, the not being impressed by starting something is really interesting. Uh, there you go. Wow. So twenty five. Yeah. So twenty five only have one episode, right? So that, there they you go. So seventy five percent is all you have left after. Dude, just- more than a quarter of podcasts only have one episode. No, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, the, the, so if you extend it out to 10, it, I'm not kidding. I think it was like 99%. Yeah, there you go. 64%. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay, Gabe, that was impressive. Yeah, Gabe, that's, that, that, that's exactly where we have you on the team. But if you think about it too, this, this yeah. makes perfect sense though, because... Gabe, I'd um, like to see that stat replicated. There's a whole... like So <laughs> the word most here is going to sound like hyperbole, but if you actually break it down, it's not that far off. So... Most business models are predicated on there being a batch of new people that are um, uh, vulnerable, vulnerable, but they're vulnerable because they're they're extremely optimistic about something. Okay, damn, that's dangerous. Yeah, so they're they're. Um, it's also so, sad in a way. Yeah, but like, but it's interesting though, because like, like I'll, I'll just kind of just give you, I'll just rattle off a few different examples about how experts. Uh, uh, don't drive business or are not don't make profitable business models very rarely okay so like look at uh, uh look at any huh. gym gyms are not don't make money off of the people who show up every day okay they make money off, like like uh amber i think you might even know the status because you're uh i forget what percentage of of uh, a gym's revenue is from people that have never actually stepped in the gym more than once but it's it's quite high because, like, you know, there's obviously different business models surrounding gyms, but a, a good portion of the revenue is from people that don't go. Um, and, and the, you know, they sign up because they're super optimistic about how often they are going to go. And so they might pay for a full year up front or sign up to a gym membership, but there's a cancellation fee. But then the cancellation fee does something important is that it, it when the person, because when someone they don't want to give up on it. Cause they're like, Oh no, but I'll, I'll start next week. But then they, they might go once and they, you know, so building that habit, right. Um, Cause it wouldn't work if everyone actually went to the gym every single day. It just, it, the gym doesn't have, like they only have, like, most gyms only have like three or four <clears throat> squatting racks. Yeah, there you go. See, isn't that crazy? Read what it says. 67% of gym memberships go completely unused. Many gyms build their business model on, on the bet that most people will stay home. To help increase memberships, everything I just said. Yeah, a gym, uh, community, social engagement. So, okay, now, so look at um, even a jiu-jitsu gym, okay? When you walk into a jiu-jitsu gym, the first thing you'll notice is most people are white belts, okay? 
there it's not like you walk into a jiu-jitsu gym and it's like eight black belts that are all fucking training with a black belt no no no. it's 10 white belts that and maybe a few white maybe maybe you know a few blue belts maybe maybe a brown belt maybe maybe one purple and at the very most maybe one or two black belts and one of them is the instructor okay it's like again there's just not a large market for experts right if you look at a lot of um, t- uh, software business models, they're predicated on preying on uh, uh, entrepreneurs that are starting businesses, right? Like I, I, I'm, I almost think that the whiteboard, like that whole, like whoever makes whiteboards, like Quartet or whatever, their entire business model is predicated on that people will get excited for about two weeks and think they need a whiteboard, okay? Huh. Yo, dude, I have a massive whiteboard and I love it. I use it. No, no, I know. But, but whiteboards, hold on. I have a whiteboard. I love it too. But my point being is I have, I have multiple whiteboards, but we use ours often. Okay. Mm. But I'm saying most whiteboards are only used once or they've been written on once and then they just never got erased. And you know what I mean? Like most whiteboards aren't used, right? So do you you get my point here? Like most journals are not filled from front to back. Okay. Um, Most books are not read from start to front. Right. So most things are predicated on people having, uh, overestimating what they can accomplish so they get excited right even look at uh cryptocurrencies right people are optimistic so they dive in okay so yeah i don't know just it's an interesting that's an interesting observation i think we've all been guilty of that at some point mm-hmm. oh 100 well, yeah, percent i'm thinking i'm thinking of times human. where i was like so fired up to start something and then didn't finish it I mean, I would go on a limb and say most people that that happens to them once a day. Yeah, in a way, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, even just small things, right? Um, yeah, we, I mean, so yeah, it's important. I mean, dude, I mean, even look at like, I, I, I mean, I mean, RVs. I mean, how many people buy an RV and actually get the full use out of it? Oh, that's right? a good one. Although even, I fucking uh, want an RV, I'll tell you that dude no me too man i want rv um but it's very interesting like even look at like uh like like where i do a lot of my work it's people that have bought a house and they only live on the top floor the bottom like it's shocking to me how many of my clients have a home where half of it is like untouched yeah they have bedrooms that maybe are used once a year yeah but think about so but think about this though so like you know in Kelowna right now in the, in these neighborhoods that I'm doing work uh the cost per square foot is probably somewhere around $400 okay? to build or to value uh, to buy okay to buy yeah like a 3000 square foot house in Kettle Valley is probably 1.2 million a 4000 okay. is probably 1.6 somewhere okay. in there okay give or take yeah. plus or minus a little bit okay right so that means that for like an average bedroom that you'd might like an like a spare bedroom that you might have for your kid, you know, to come and then the ensuite plus the hallway to get there, you know, let's just say it's a thousand square feet that you have dedicated towards your kids or guests coming, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically spending four hundred thousand dollars to have the option that they don't have your guests don't have to stay in a hotel when they come to visit you. <laughs> right when you word it when you word it that way it's pretty funny that you'd have this spare bedroom it's like uh, really no. is that the best but then you feel capital? like kind of a like yeah i guess you, I, I totally agree with you but you would feel I, I, a obviously strange. It's, 
it's a strange way of wording it but but it's interesting because you'd actually be better off buying something with a thousand square feet less and then actually just giving free fucking hotel coupons to fucking anyone that wants to come visit you (laughs) i was just thinking that yeah yeah okay john so what would you if you were running a gym what would how would you drive revenue wouldn't change a damn thing (laughs) wouldn't change a damn thing I uh, now in saying that though, um, b- partaking in business models where the primary use is customer satisfaction, like uh, happiness, like Coca Cola is a good example of this, right? Because, like you know, like I'm, I like I you know I drink Coca Cola products every single day. The water, like a water, I drink their. Well, actually, this is a Pepsi product, so this is a bad example. But normally, it's Coke. Wow. Coke's Coke's got to get some products. They got to get their uh, their ahas uh-huh. at uh, uh-huh. the ahas. They got to get the ahas at Costco. But either uh-huh. way, bubbly. They got these at Costco, and um, you know, I drink the. I think I they're like bubbly. twenty-five cents or thirty cents a pop if you buy them at Costco. And these bring just pure, just pure joy to my life. Lo- yeah. Love sparkling water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me too. That's the primary use, right? Like, if someone wanted to like do something else with this, I don't know, shower with bubbly, it probably wouldn't. You know maybe it's, it's an inefficient use of it but it's you could i guess you could you could there's other uses but for the most part you drink it you're happy okay so gyms on the other hand you know the, the primary use i would still say is is you know it brings you know you go to the gym you're a happy person you're, you're healthier etc right even for people that don't go it still gives them that satisfaction of i could be a better version of myself But I have no problem with, but even business models where the primary use is, is death and destruction, I'd, I'd be okay but with that But that's what well. Amher sells, though. What? You could be a better version of your business. Your business could be a better version of itself. No, but I'm, um, uh, what's your point then, sorry? I guess it's it's not in opposition to you. I'm, I'm building off of it. Amher runs a business. Oh, yeah, yeah, Amher is like that, too. On the same yeah. uh, variable. Well, interesting enough, that's one of the biggest criticisms of Amher's industry as a whole, which Amher, I understand that, you know, different niches and whatever, but but the biggest criticism of Amher's industry and, and one of the things that Amher, Amher, what was that stat you were saying? How much, how much is uh, bad debt and, and chargebacks? What percentage of revenue? 25%? No. Um, oh. I thought it was 20%. I thought it was 20% uh, bad debts as in not collected and then 5% chargebacks. On average. Just judging from what I know, from if you're doing under, I think ninety over ninety percent of businesses do less than a hundred thousand a year. I would even no, say no, no, like no, ninety five. No, 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 no. But no, but of those of, of those of those businesses is where I have those stats. I think I would say twenty percent is money that never gets collected, and then on top of that there's like a 10% refund rate. Yeah, okay, so uh, on average, we have a 0%. So, Austin, so effectively 30% of all of the revenue well, of all the like so like let's say you sold a paint job for 10 grand in Amherst industry, that person would only collect 7 7,000 of that on average cuz 10% would be charged back to the credit card and 20% would be not collected because the client basically defaults <clears throat> on their obligation, okay? So, <laughs> the biggest criticism Crazy. of Amherst industry 
is that it's it's predicated now a lot of people's business models in the Amherst industry is predicated on like I would call it like monkey mon- co- monkey coin flipping. So like what will happen is is they have a, a basically a dog shit course that someone who you know maybe already would have had success anyways um or just by pure chance did have like it worked for them okay so like i'll give you an example drop shipping okay the vast majority of people that get into drop shipping lose money okay as a whole it's a terrible business model for obvious reasons there's no sustainable competitive advantage it's it's uh you're basically leeching off society in the sense that there's very little value add to clients. I mean, it's effectively like it's the closest thing you can do to like basically defrauding your your customers as as possible. I mean, you're not actually you're you're basically charging them just for the marketing. You're just making money for merely making them aware of a product, right? In a lot of cases, false advertising. So dropshipping as a whole, it's 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 like a swamp of an industry. Okay. There might be one or two clowns who hit like the jackpot on one niche product, like the fidget spinner or something like that, right? And then what happens is this one guy, you know, the one monkey flipped, you know, 100 coins in a row. And then this guy can sell a course saying, hey, look at this one guy did X amount of dollars, right? And so for every thousand customers this guy has, or for every 10,000 customers this guy has, he has one winner. So it's effectively like a, it's like a shitty lottery ticket that he's selling because it's like a $3,000 lottery ticket. But it's not even a lottery ticket. I mean, it's 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 worse than a lottery ticket, right? So then mm-hmm. that's like one of the biggest criticisms of Amherst industry is that there's there's these guys that are basically selling Yeah, that. Shitty business model. Do you find yourself going up against those types of beliefs, Amher, in sales? Well, it's it's not it's not beliefs. We have so many customers that come in from other programs in this industry to us with these complaints. It's like, hey, we're promised support, nobody shows up on the calls. We're promised yeah. access, nobody replies to the emails. We're promised a good program, but like it's all fluff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. We're promised the community, but it, the community are people that are not in my same position. They don't even have a business yet, so. Really, yeah. what Amber, what Amber, the way that I like to look at your industry is that it's just it's it's new, right? I mean, like, like think about how new it really is to have freelance uh, consultants be able to access people from all around the world. I mean, this this has only been possible in the last ten years, basically. Oh man, like maybe like five years. Yeah, 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 but but maybe there's some some guy like you know had some weird you know like the first guy ever might have been. No, no, I know the industry. Yeah. The first guy ever was like 2016, 2015. Sure, okay, yeah. But point being, it's new, um, and like any new industry, there's going to be tons of fraud in the beginning. There's tons of charlatans, right? I would imagine that your industry, because it's been very, it's very unregulated right now, right? Like, there's there's no license. There's no like. Like in order to start a university and have real oh, credentials, it's it's there's a process, right? Your industry is super unregulated because it's 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 you're really take. I mean, it's it's a huge gamble. I mean, you really don't know who's on the other side of the screen, right? I would imagine that over time, uh, your industry will have to uh, sharpen up, right? In the sense that there there will have to be some sort of 
you don't have to be, but I imagine that there'd be some sort of regulatory board that would come in or you guys would self-regulate and saying, okay, if you're, you know, like the same way, like financial advisors, I'm sure when it first came out, total joke. Now it's like, you know, you can get a CFP, like you're a certified financial planner. I'm sure that your industry will eventually have some sort of credentials surrounding, okay, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a part of this, this membership group, meaning as we're all you know, like a better business bureau of consultants, right? I, but so I imagine your industry will eventually get things like that, where it's like buyer beware if you're buying from a consultant who's not a part of our, our agency, right? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you say that, but there, there, there is regulation, which is the customers do have a lot of control um, over... Okay, well, what is what is their reputation? Does this guy know what he's saying over the phone? That's not regulation, though, really. Oh, you mean formal regulation? Well, I yeah, like as in there's like, restrictions in order to do business imposed by the government. The government or no, but you can you can have self regulation, like the Better Business Bureau, for example, is not a government agency. Yeah, but it's pay to win. You just pay, and you're on the Better Business Bureau. Correct. No, it, it no, it absolutely is a pay to win. I think it's bogus, but I'm saying it's oh, still some, there's still some something level. like that. Okay. It's not a pay to win completely. I mean, if you are a dog shit company, they want to credit you. I mean, like if you, you know what I mean? Like you are, yeah, you fair know, enough. like Google, for example, is, is an accreditation now, right? I mean, having a Google page with reviews oh, is yeah, a way yeah. of accredit is a way of accrediting yourself, right? Like, yeah. uh, for example, with peer air, we're, we will be soon. Uh, google guaranteed as in if we fail to deliver our service you can actually go to google and they will refund you the yeah, amount yeah. That, that you paid us right so wait really that's how it works yeah google will refund you google will refund the customer if we fail to deliver it's like service. a level of uh it's like a diamond level you know of service yeah it's, uh, it's a like process, they essentially though. know that if if someone's going with you there's like less than a 1% chance that they don't get what they wanted. It, I mean, well, and, I mean, but you have to pay less, for I mean, it. No one's ever gotten. Yeah. So yeah, it, you, you Google verified Google guarantee, but the thing about Google guarantee, why we, why we go after this is because when someone types in dot cleaning or whatever, you're the first to pop up even before the ads. Mm -hmm. So you're Google guaranteed, right? They're pushing your, your, your thing. You have to get like a criminal background check and all this different stuff. We've gone through all the, we're, we're just, we're in the process of getting approved basically right now. Nice. Yeah, but th but this is an accreditation, right? Because if you're a scam artist, you're not signing up for that. <laughs> it's just well, now, John, John, you really can't ever be in a position to clean air ducts, or else you'll lose that because people won't get what they want, and then you'll everything will go to shit. Yeah, how do they? Some great employees. <laughs> how do like, they? Guys, I, I literally can't clean the ducts. Like, I, we will go to business. <laughs> we need. <laughs> how how do you um how does Google assess your ability to deliver in your service like? Other than a criminal background check, like what what else do they do? Can you walk? They well, call we, your uh, past clients. Well, no, no, yeah, that. But also, um, Modern Purer is a fran is a well established franchise company at this point, so now it's easier. But there's five. Like, Modern Purer has five thousand Google reviews. Mm. Yeah, like definitely something that Rydell's working towards as well. Yeah, you have to. I it's it's very difficult for a small business that to get Google guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Also. I'm pretty sure I think it's up to $1,500. So for a lot of businesses, this wouldn't really be a, like roofing would not be a Google guarantee. Thing. Yeah. You could be Google. You could be Google verified though. That's yeah, a different thing. Like, 
Google Verified versus Google Guarantee are two different things. Google Verified is still really good. Google Guarantee is like the gold diamond status. Like if you get that, it's amazing. But this is usually for lower ticket items or like 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 small level service based uh, businesses. You like could that. still be Google Guaranteed for roofing. It would just be like that next level guarantee. But it would you only could fund like ten percent of your job. Not even. I mean, I think it's only fifteen hundred bucks, right? So yeah. oh yeah, I guess yeah. Okay, average yeah. roof is around fifteen k. Yeah. So. Uh, in saying this though that's a form of regulation it's a form of accreditation right your industry has very little accreditation of anything and most of the accreditation is uh like because the people that have accreditations wouldn't typically go off on their own like your industry tends to be self-educated like someone who has like a a master's in you know an mba would typically go work for one of the big consulting companies for example not they wouldn't necessarily well, no 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 but they wouldn't necessarily go and become like a, a like a, a consult like amory you're an entrepreneur yeah right yeah yeah but but so but someone who gets an mba who's like a you know professional consultant they're not necessarily an entrepreneur they're not no. gonna go start their own consulting business right no not at yeah. all yeah yeah well um it is scary, but it's also it makes me happy. It makes me happy how early this industry is because we just it know is. we just we just need to be the best, and um, that's it. Just um, yeah. got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and actually delivering. So that doesn't make me nervous. It makes me excited, actually. Yeah. Oh wait, how did we get on this tangent? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so here you guys want to hear something? So things yeah. have been moving quickly. Want to hear something exciting? So yes. uh, Tristan and I bought north and west vancouver for is that Hero. two locations or one it's one territory okay damn so now you have that's your second business well technically it's still a part of the same it's it's more of an expansion of oh i see what yeah. you mean i see what you mean i see what you mean yeah okay, we, cool. so we extended the so basically from now we own from pemberton whistler squamish west van there's like a middle area that wow. is technically something else all the way to deep cove. So North van. So it's it's, it's the true sea to sky now. Nice. And that was like a combined, like more than six figure investment. No, but oh, nice. So, uh, it's good. Yeah. We're excited because it expands our territory and we'll get access to a second truck, but we were not expecting this to, to come up so quickly. Um, so that's, that that was sort of interesting like we weren't we weren't expecting this for like originally when we uh, like got involved we we were thinking that we wouldn't be able to you know get that territory if at all we weren't even sure if it was going to even be available based on what um it it was uh it was previously owned by another franchisee and circumstances arised in which we we were able to purchase it and we weren't expecting that to happen. If if it was to happen, we weren't sure one what price we'd have to pay, but two, uh, if it was ever going to be available, and then you know, three, we didn't think it, even if even if it, things did align, we didn't think that was going to happen for at least twelve months. Mm-hmm. So for it to happen, you know, within a few That's months awesome. of us starting, yeah, we're super stoked. It adds um, it 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 just adds a lot to our territory. I mean, we went from having maybe maybe at at the very most you know, 60 to 80,000 people, um, to now having, you know, well over 200,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wow. really exciting. 
well, when, when are you, you going to start on, deploying your yeah, forces? I was just about to ask that same question. When are you planning on actually making the, the operational jump? Well, it's actually only a 45 to one hour drive from Squamish. So with our headquarters, like with us being based out of Squamish, we already were making drives to Whistler and Pemberton. Like actually, matter of fact, like next week, we have like a pretty, a pretty sizable job that we're doing and that's in Pemberton. So it's like an hour drive up, an hour drive down. So we were, our crews are already used to that anyways. So we're so still going to base You would maybe go to set up something in the city, but it's not needed right now. Yeah. Depending on how things work out, the second truck, that's which is cool. going to come in about a month, that truck would probably be based out of West Van or North Van so that, that nice. he does more that work more local. Um, nice, nice, nice. And then when we finally, because one thing about Pira that's different is that uh, you're contractually obligated to get a physical location once you do a half a million dollars in revenue. Why? It's just a part of their branding. Once you do, once you, once your franchise is uh, a half a million dollar franchise, like once you are doing five hundred thousand dollars in revenue annually, you have to get a physical location. Um. Does it mention minimums in square footage? I don't know. Amber's like, what about my bedroom? It can't. It can't. No, it can't be. No, it can't be. A, it can't be a primary. You have to. You have to like get a yeah, lease yeah. or purchase a, a property. Ah oh, man, that that seems kind of silly to add to your overhead so early. Silly, well, it's silly. I don't know. At that point, uh, though, you'd probably have like probably two or three trucks so if you're looking to expand to a third truck so you know it's to have three like sprint mercedes sprinters i mean yeah you would probably want some sort of office space anyways doesn't need to be anything extensive interesting yeah. it's probably a good reason obviously well they they because they i mean most of the pure model is trying to scale up like that you know they don't, After they don't want people after franchise fees, what's the average net profit per ticket? In the, in ticket? the brand? Yeah. Like, uh, like how much is the, like the average take-home profit of a franchise location annually? Yes. Per, as a percentage. As a percentage? Yeah. Net? Or like you were talking about gross net. income? Um, Actually, gross before like overhead and stuff like that uh i don't know because it's it would be kind of a little deceiving because so i would say for the well-established franchises it's probably somewhere around 30 percent 30 35 percent but for some of the smaller locations it could be substantially higher the reason why is like so, I would imagine the franchises that are still under no, that's that's that would be like net. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of factors. So like businesses that are under half a million but are close to half a million will net higher than businesses that are doing over half a million but close to half a million. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but where where the money is in pure air is getting over a million dollars in revenue. Once you're over a million dollars in revenue, you're obviously just doing, you're just making a lot more money. You got you yeah. a lot more scale. When was this rule established for the 500 K? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it should be adjusted to inflation. Like at 750, it would make sense. Most of the, 
the reason I bring this up is most of the people that I talk to, like contractors that I just find in the wild, when they're doing yeah. between 700 to a 1.5 million, they usually have a physical office. But before that, they don't. And that's like in the wild. So there's, they usually get that feeling that they need an office at 750. Yeah, so, a lot of, I, a lot I of the pure decisions are branding. So they, like, I'll, I'll, like, for example, it's required that you have a MacBook. What? Yeah, it's required. Yeah, you mentioned that, that before. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I can't remember if it's if this one's contractually obligated, but I'm That's pretty amazing. sure that I'm pretty Team sure that Apple. every I'm pretty sure that everything. I'm pretty sure MacBooks every employee. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure every employee phone and laptop has to be i like has to be an Apple. Like so, that is so smart. Yeah, like, like I have like a, I have a second like phone for Pierre. That's that's a that's an iPhone, right? Like, but I would you know, like so every like you know all of our uh, all of our technicians have have an iPhone. Yo, this is actually an interesting thing because all eight Rydell franchisees currently have iPhones, so we can have iMessage group chats, and the first one to break it's gonna get extremely hazed. <laughs> yeah, well, so but so for us, it's 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 a non like so every every one of Tristan and I's employees have an iPhone. Yeah, right? like, it's, like, but it's easy. You get it's iMessage going, phone. right? Yeah. yeah, and they all have, but it's also because like there's a lot of apps and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. No, systems that you have that they're not beautiful. wanting to have to train someone on different you know, troubleshooting for nope. this versus sense, that. It's, it's, everyone enough, has the same like... phone. Everyone has the same laptop. Um, everyone uses the same email uh, with the same log. You know, like it's, it's Outlook. It has to be Outlook. Every meeting's through t- meeting uh, through uh, uh, Microsoft teams you know no zoom it's only teams right like everything's very yeah well you know maybe you do but but it's interesting though because they have a certain way of doing everything i I agree with the consistency thing i was just they have a yeah there's a lot of consistency so i think for them a lot of the like you know if the trucks for example you have to lease through them it Mm -hmm. has to look a certain way they outfit it um you know you can the, the trucks can only be in in uh in use for so long uh you know they want the physical location you know again they want it they want to be a more established brand like so like with mcdonald's for example you know there's just certain standards like you, you can't go sell hot dogs right like there's just certain there's just certain brand standards you who have came up with do, this right? is this lane's work or the guy before him? uh well there's no guy before lane so didn't you say lane sold the business or bought the business or something he no. wants to sell the business that was his goal that's what we said last week well, Man, I, I swear you mentioned Lane sold the business or bought the business from somebody. Well, Lane sold the Kelowna location because he oh. owned it. It was the original oh. corporate location. Now it's sold. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that was the OG location. Correct. So Tristan's dad started. Well, him. So Tristan's. What's the history father, of Pure Air? Yeah, tell me. Well, okay, this is this is the Cliff Notes version. It's not this is not like the this is not an exhaustive history. We'll have to get Lane on. I'll have to talk to him. But uh Lane's father, Don Martin. Like the Don. The Don, yeah. <laughs> he was a successful business uh person. I forget what business he owned before. I think it might have been HVAC related though. Either way, he had a successful business. He I think it was actually blinds. Either way. Point being, he sold it and kind of built his dream home and effectively retired in the Okanagan. He got bored, so then he ended up buying a duct cleaning business that was going bankrupt. And 
he was running it and Tristan's father amongst a crazy kind of backstory that I could literally talk about for half an hour. It's a pretty crazy story. Like at one point he owned a furniture company, got sued and like that went bankrupt or not bankrupt, but he had, I think he had to sell it because of like a, a non-compete clause with another business that he was like, like he like became, well, we're going to have to get sp- Lane on to explain all this. Shit, he, so. It was so crazy. He was, so he got hired on at a furniture store and his, the, the, his best, his, one of his good friends that had, got him the job got fired the day that he started or on the second day that he was there and then the the boss was basically i just fired him now you're the manager so then lane's like okay i guess i'm the manager right and then he ended (laughs) up like starting a he ended up like starting a furniture company with investors in like edmonton but then the non-compete or something kicked in anyway long story short he had to sell that came down to Kelowna, got involved with the business with don had a kid in high school okay uh i think yeah, while he was, I think, I think he was still in high school or he was definitely like 18 or something like that and ran, ran the business with Don. Don eventually retired. They decided they wanted to franchise it. Don's still, you know, not really involved in the franchise anymore, but he's still, you know, he's still around. Like he's, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's awards named after him and stuff like that. Anyway, Lane decides to franchise it. I think this was like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, I want to say like maybe 20. 2014 or 2012 or something like that either way maybe even earlier than that probably no definitely earlier than that it was 20 years ago it was 2005 probably 2003 um long story short here they are now i think there's like something like 30 locations or something like that and uh tristan was the kid he had in high school no oh. tristan no uh tristan has an older sister and then so yeah so lane the Kelowna location was the original location uh lane's dad had got it to about half a million dollars in revenue i I don't know if it did more than that under lane's ownership like under or under his management but then tristan came in and you know more or less took over the business after a few years and got it up to about a million dollars in revenue at which point lane sold the business to the current owner well tristan's a part of the ownership group now too but uh tristan owned 10 percent at that point his dad owned 90 they sold it to a guy who bought it uh, his name's brett and who's from uh saskatchewan and, and that's tristan, the one and that's the agreement you said where tristan had to work for him for two years or something tristan yeah so tristan's dad they sold the business to this brett guy and brett i think part of the condition of the sale was that tristan had to stay on for two years and then after those two years tristan renewed his agreement with the guy tristan now has ownership in the business and the, you know the, the guy ended up being a fabulous investment because it's now this year it'll do close to three million, if not three million. Wow, really interesting. Yeah. How old is Lane? I believe he's in his. If not, I don't think he's fifty yet. I think he's forty-five. How old is Tristan? One year older than me, so he's twenty. Well, he's turning twenty-seven this October. Mm. I think October fifth. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Small. Uh, well, okay. There's actually it's something completely different, but I don't want to like change the topic. Uh, I guess the topic being changed. Um. Very interesting scenario that i wanted to share with you guys um i got a phone call this week and uh it was from a foundation called the 
gift of life registry. Actually, I want to that right before I go on this uh, spiel. Gift of life registry. I'm just going to make sure what this is called. Yeah, gift gift of life marrow registry. And uh, actually, no, I got a text. I got a text. One of those like automated texts from a company. And it just says, I'm going to read it to you because this is, I just want to really walk you guys through this experience. It's kind of hilarious. Hi, Austin. This is Jacqueline with the Gift of Life Marrow Registry. You swabbed your cheek in 2018 and have been a potential identified and have been identified as a potential match to a patient. Please update your health information here. Call That's me or like text me if you have any scammy looking text ever. Yeah, but then I got an email at the same time with a link to the company or the foundation and I remembered it and it said, hey, Austin, we swabbed your cheek in November of 2018 at Concordia University Loyola campus at this time. And yeah, this okay, day. OK, OK, OK. And I was like, holy shit, this did take place. And. Um, essentially, I filled. I remember this. With, I felt you yeah, told I, me about this. Yes. That was four years ago. I remember it. Yeah, I filled out this health questionnaire and that she linked me in this text. And then they called me immediately and they're like, hey, is this Austin? I'm like, yeah, they're like, hey, like, uh, this is Zach from the Gift of Life Marrow Registry. Uh, you're a near perfect match for a patient with leukemia uh, who lives in the US. And uh, I was like, okay. And they're like, okay, so. What this is all about is you either donate stem cells or bone marrow, depending on what the needs of the patient are, which are currently unclear. There's a huge process to get all this organized. Um, and I, I don't know the information of the patient. I don't know their age, gender. All I know is that there's a person that has leukemia that needs a bone marrow transplant. And um, likely bone marrow, possibly just stem cells. and the way this works is that they have four donation sites across North America. They're all in the U.S. Uh, Washington, New Jersey, Boston, and Florida. And in the next two months, they're going to confirm with the patient's doctor if this is still something that needs to be done, 100% necessary. Then if I'm agreeing to this, they essentially fly me to one of these four locations for a day. They do a full physical on me and test my blood, vitals, health, body mass index, fat percentage, muscle percentage, do like a massive like overview of my body. Essentially making sure that me donating because donating bone marrow is like a huge procedure and quite painful. Um, and so making sure that I'm not going to have any perverse health effects because of it. And then once I pass this physical, then they schedule a date, usually, again, another two months away, where if I agree to it, I go to one of these four locations and um, I, I'm there for 10 days. It's like an all expensive paid trip and I get to bring one person with me. And uh, I stay in a condo and there's a nurse that comes in every day and gives me like stem cells, stem cell growth injections so that my body's like overproducing bone marrow and stem cells. And then on the on the seventh day, I go in. It's an eight hour procedure. 
um, where I'm hooked up to, if it's stem cells, it's out of my, come, there's blood that comes out of my left arm through a machine. The stem cells get taken out and then the remaining blood gets put back in my left arm. Um, oh, that's or if it's bone marrow, then I'm uh, lying on my side or my stomach, I think. And there's like, uh, I'm hooked up to a machine that goes into my back. Like if you were to put your, your hands on your hips, kind of where your thumbs land in like the dimples of your back is where they is where they extract all the bone marrow from over a few hours and um and then that's it and then i stay in the hospital for about six to twelve hours and then i just walk out and i'm free to go and i never currently the system is like i don't know if this is because of covid or not but i don't meet the patient i never have the chance to talk to them or meet them um but i do get to find out their age gender and their exact condition and like what their their medical history was leading them to the need of of a of a donation or i guess a transplant for them it's a transplant because they're going to take out their bad marrow and put in my marrow but the way this works is that when i got my cheek swapped in 2018 they were they were able to get like a 95 percent idea of what my tissue type was and that tissue type is a hundred percent matched to their cheek swab um so essentially like our family lineage would have crisscrossed at some point and just by chance we're effectively biologically quite similar and um so yeah i I have the chance to like donate to a person that has leukemia and save their life and uh i don't know will it actually save their life yeah it's it's necessary for them to live I was told that like, I, 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 that's the only, the information I got. Like, so are you going to do it? Well, this is what I'm asking you guys, right? Like it's kind of a very. Yeah. I think you do that. Yeah. I, my gut feeling is to do it, but I just, there's so no, much I, I don't, do that. there's so much I don't know. You know, and I just, yeah, like, no, I think, I think you do that. I mean, obviously yeah. look into that further, but I, I think, yeah. you know, like gut, like gut, gut instinct gut feeling that, is I think, to do it. Yeah. For sure. if, you, if you can save it, if, if you can save their life, yeah, it's probably worth doing. But you can tell, like, when I'm on the phone with these people, they're like, you can tell that a lot of people don't do it. If that makes sense. In, oh, interesting. It, just in, like, maybe I'm reading into it too much, right? But, like, um, the way they're talking to you is, like, you know, it'd be really great if you did do it. Like, it's, like, super... I wouldn't say it's there's a sales factor to it, but they are trying to make sure you understand. Oh, dude, it's a hundred percent a sales factor. Well, it is, but I I don't, yeah, yeah. you got to make like, they're making you understand how big of a deal this really is. Right. So why uh, wouldn't you do it? uh, I don't really have a reason other than I just, I'm kind of uh, negligent about like any health impacts. So I just need to kind of educate myself on that. Yeah. That's, that would be my main thing is like, okay, like give me the, give me the track record. So like, yeah. You know, out of out of a hundred thousand people that you know go, you know, do the mm-hmm. you know do these procedures, what's the side effects? And if it's more than a few, like you know, maybe mm-hmm. more than three or four out of ten thousand, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. And that depending on that's the side why effects, they do right? such a huge like they fly me out there for a day or two days to just do a full physical and analysis, and from there I could even get disqualified at that stage, and it could all be just it's not a good match, right? Especially um, if the person's young, like if they're young, I would be on it. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't know the age yet. Uh, I I asked and like I don't know. I just picture like a especially a child with cancer. I'm just like, man. Yeah. 
it's pretty and the rare sad part is, is like someone's life the sad part is like you know the way the u.s healthcare system works is that these are probably like children or people that have the opportunity to get a transplant through a foundation like this are probably the the cream of the crop in terms of their health insurance income level and wealth whereas there's probably I'm going to guess like 50% of the people who get leukemia who would need transplants won't even have this opportunity. Um, so yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, but I would like to do more research into like the health impacts and then also like possibly try and just be able to talk to the person. If they're like, let's say above 12 years old or something, I don't know. Like there's something Why would about you like want to talk to them. I don't know. I just feel like I'd want to know them. I'd want to like. Oh, I almost, I, I almost think that like personally, I wouldn't want to know the person. I'd want it to be like very transactional. I, I would want to know them. I guess if that's mm, weird. Interesting. I don't, yeah, yeah. When do you have to make a decision? Um, what it, the ball's kind of in their court. I've given it my preliminary okay. And they have to get back to me with a with a date, or like a set of dates that I could go and do my full physical analysis. And um, mm. but yeah, like I, if you look them up on Instagram, they're pretty big. Uh, Gift of Life Marrow Registry, mm. pretty um, interesting, and a website. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. She was telling me on the or I talked to two people on the phone, and they were saying that uh you know many people like the vast majority of people that get their cheek swab never get contacted because tissue types are so you know finicky to be a good donor candidate um and uh the average length between someone getting their cheek swabbed and getting a call if they do is 10 years and i got a call after 4 and she's like that's super rare and uh they're more dealing with people that got their cheek swab like 10 or 20 years ago so, yeah, really interesting. I just want to know your guys' thoughts on, like, the, I guess, like, the morality of it. Like, the way I look at it is that getting, having the opportunity to, like, legitimately save someone's life. Yeah. Is pretty rare. It I mean, is. it is. Like, it doesn't, like, for obvious reasons, most people go an entire lifetime. They, they, they never get to save another person's life, you know, whether yeah. it be. But it gets back to like this selfish, selfless. Is there is there no such thing as a selfless act type thing? Because I think about it and I'm like, if I'm doing this to feel like uh, that warm, fuzzy feeling inside to feel like this altruist, then is that the like, because I, I do feel that way, you know, like I, I would feel. That... Now, for me, it's it's really simple. If you reverse the roles. Like I would. I would beg for the person to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, look at This person didn't ask to get leukemia. Yeah. Vice versa. I didn't ask to be a match to them. Mm. But if I had leukemia and someone was 100% matched and that was how I was going to save my life, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, for me, that, that, that reverse the rules, I would want the person to help me out. It's pretty low cost too. I mean, if anything, there's kind of a benefit. You get you get a week off work, you know, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Right. Miranda was like, "We're definitely going to the Florida one." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, but I guess it was just like I, I'd be curious to know what trip, it, but it's a trip. No, it is, and I mean, I just I think the only rules is like I have experience. to like focus on my sleep and not drink. I think that's the only rules as I'm like I, I have the rest no. of my day there. You know, um, seems like a total positive. I, yeah. I don't see the negative, right? Yeah. You could save someone's life. You get like a, you know, it's a trip. It's not like the best trip ever, but it's a trip. Um, I'm sure you could probably extend it too. Yeah, it's pretty emotional, honestly. I don't know. I feel like I. Um, Because I'm the type of person that would kind of just get invested in these things, you know, like I would, uh, if I do agree to do this, I kind of want to know, like, if this investment on my behalf was worthwhile, and then I feel like uh, there's a failure or a success outcome, whereas that's not the case, right? Mm, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to know what our listeners think, too, like, if you would do it or not, and uh, not that that, not because I'm, I mean, I'm curious to know what you guys think, right? Because it's kind of a... It's a little bit of a moral that's one of those, conundrum. That's one of those questions, though, where my bet is that most people would say they would do it, but then when it yeah. push comes to shove, how many people actually would? You know, that's... Well, the thing is, man, like, stem cell donation, fucking sign me up. I don't care. Bone marrow transfusion, that sucks. Like, if you look up that procedure, it's painful. It's long. Like, it's... Yeah. So, it's... And there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of health risks as a result, but like literally, your bone marrow is being extracted from your bones, like it's a painful procedure, and it lasts a long time. So it's like it it, it apparently like the guy was telling me on the phone, it's like oh, the 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 procedures come a really long way. It's really not as long and painful as it used to be, but it's like I don't know. I just need to see it from my own eyes. I feel like that's what you say say to people to get ahead of. I it. don't know. Yeah, no, I agree this with one, you, John. Like honestly, I can see myself seems doing this. simple. Yeah, no, I yeah, agree. With to you. me, this one seems simple. No, I just, the decision. I don't know, saving, yeah. The decision is simple. Like obviously, I my instinct immediately when I got this text was like, "Holy shit!" I remember this thing, and then I went and filled it out immediately because I was like, "Wow, this would be such an amazing opportunity, right?" I was filled with like, "Yes, yes, yes." Of course, I would do that. And then when I had this like thirty minute phone call with this person where they walked me through the entire A to Z procedure. I started to like realize there's a lot more to think about, right? Because he walked through like how both procedures would work in depth. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah. This isn't just like, because well, I, but also, I donate blood all the time. I'm very comfortable with that type of shit. Like, I just thought it would be something similar to that, I guess, right? Maybe. Well, but even think about like out of all the individuals that actually could I know. also pull this off, you're one of them. I am. Yeah, because like, like a lot of people couldn't I'm take young, a week I'm off. I'm healthy work. and I can afford to like manage my time that way. Yeah. Well, and no, but you also have yourself financially set up where you could actually go do that. Like for a lot yeah. of people, I bet it's an instant no because they're like, well, no, I have to pay my mortgage this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like right, you know, like like for most like man, for most I didn't people, even think of that. For most people, finances would instantly knock them off. It would just I think like, they I, tr- I, I, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's like not finances because the trip is paid for, but like not being no it's the lack of work type thing yeah 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 i mean i mean how many people actually require their job so there's that so i don't know and then pulse also you're you know you're you're probably physically i would imagine more or less what they're looking for like you're you know you're healthy you eat pretty decent you're not yeah like i had to fill out all this extensive uh stuff like uh i probably carry around like an extra 15 pounds that i don't need but that's about it everything else is super super like but even that's product. even relatively minor in the sense that you could be you know i'm sure if you were 50 pounds or weight they'd probably say mm, can't do it right yeah 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 so yeah 
yeah, they ask you to fill out your height, weight, and then like a very extensive medical history thing. And uh, yeah. Emmer, you've been pretty quiet. You look like you're stewing over there. What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting thought experiment. So I've just been thinking. There's a couple of assumptions that we're making, and there's no morality to any of them, but... <laughs> John's face. <laughs> well, I just... I, I'm hoping that we aren't going to linger on this for the next 30 minutes. Okay, well, I guess no, my opinion I, doesn't I matter. Know, no, 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 your no, opinion no, no. matters, but like, it. Just, it, it sounded like you were about to go off into like a like. No, that's what I want to know. know. I did, like. I mean, I get your point, John. No, I want to know, but I. Such a rude thing to say before you start talking. <laughs> it's not rude. It's not rude because I get what he's saying. I get yeah, what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. No, I guess it's not rude. Yeah, but there's just a couple of questions that I don't know how to answer. Like. Do you have an obligation to save somebody's life? I actually don't know the That's, answer. That, that, that is the real question I was trying to ask, like the morality side. If the answer is yes, then where's the limit? So if you become that guy, then when do you stop? If you can in infinitely save as many lives as possible, why not just... Like, what's the... What's the what's I think the, the, the obligation comes down to the quality of the opportunity in order to save someone's life. Like, how unique is it to your situation? I don't know if, so, it, I don't know if it is. I think well, that's another assumption is. we're making. No, it's not, Amor. It's ex no. This could like, be way more common than you think. Like Austin could have easily signed up to way more programs and have gotten way more opportunities. This is just the one they happened to do it because they had better marketing. I don't know if it's rare. They no, could frame Amor, it as rare. Amor, they, he no, Amor. They just said the average phone call if they do get a phone call is ten years. Okay, so as in it's yeah. not that common to get a bone marrow. Match. Okay, he's that's one foundation. Yeah. There's other foundations that may be more efficient. There is this thing that is being exploited here, which is a cognitive bias, which is around like the rareness of it. It's like, oh, it's rare. There's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like we got it. I'm just pointing to that. I'm not saying that it's valid or invalid. I'm just saying, just be aware that we are putting, or what I heard is there was a lot of emphasis put like, oh, this is rare. This is, this is a once in a lifetime. Like, what are the odds? Well, there's Might an, as well. There's an align, alignment of a few different things that have to happen. Like, I'll give you a, a, an example of a story that I heard recently that I thought was great. And it was uh, Remy, Remy Warren. And he was on the Joe Rogan experience. He's a, a hunter and he does <clears throat> guides and whatnot. Anyway, he's a world-class hunter. And he had loosely heard about a female that had gone missing in his hometown okay and his buddy basically called her called him and said hey oh this, this... was a great story yeah did you hear the story yeah i think so yeah anyway i, I have he had anyway i'm gonna recount this in a it's it's worth going to listen to because i mean again someone gets is it the, the most recent episode here. or is it like really old no uh it's it's the most recent it's two months it's... old i think I think it's the most recent Remy Warren story, like or episode. But either way, point being, he he goes he he loosely heard of this female that that was missing. I think he was like kind of somewhat friends with her a little bit, but not you know like like not not close acquaintances. Okay, um, and uh, anyway, his buddy calls him up and basically says, "Hey, this you know this 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 chick is missing." Um, and it's I guess it was an area that he was pretty familiar with, and so. 
there was a search and rescue that, you know, she'd been missing for three days, which three days, uh, it, it was, uh, uh, in the desert. Um, I think it was in Nevada and it was, it was the time of the year where, you know, it would be like a hundred degrees during the day, a uh, hundred degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which would be like 35 degrees, let's say, uh, mm. Celsius. And then it would get below zero at, or, or close to zero at night. Mm. So you know anyway long story short remy says fuck it yeah sure like so he he shows up okay and basically shows up to the search and rescue you know tan to whatever he got there quickly like drove there right away uh talked to the search and rescue found out okay what what did you got what have you guys done he his mindset was well okay you know whatever they've done didn't work so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do the opposite of that basically so he he goes up into the mountains and and uh gets dropped like way off like well beyond where everyone else was okay and i guess this this chick that was running she uh was a marathon runner so it's quite possible that she did up you know could end up actually quite far out wait she was running away or she disappeared she went for a she went for a run like a trail run in the mountains Mm, and got lost in the the desert yeah yeah and got well kind of lost slash yeah basically killed went missing yeah yeah, so she's been missing for three days. Anyway, so he climbs up to this one this one area, sees these other these other guys there, and says, "Oh, I don't know if you know, but this area is actually closed down basically because, you know, because this chick's missing." And they're like, "Okay, sounds good." So he 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 decides he's going to camp out there, okay, overnight because he wanted to like be closer, you know, closer to help find her, you know, no, waste no time going back and forth. Right. And at night before he went to bed, he it's totally pitch dark out, and he just kind of yells, "Hey, like I forget her name now." I'm just gonna say Jennifer. Hey, I think it might have been Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, if you're out there, just know I'm not leaving until I find you. And then he heard Remy, like just very faintly off in the distance, and he wasn't sure if he was, you know, maybe just hearing. You know what I mean? Like his his what head was just playing fuck? tricks on him. So he like pulls up on his his walkie-talkie and basically says, "Hey guys, I'm gonna turn off the walkie-talkie because I don't want like you know maybe she's only gonna get like one more good yell." So I don't want you guys to like come on at the same time where I can't hear her, you know, now take in mind, this guy's a world-class hunter. So he's used to tracking down and finding, and, and, and finding animals that are difficult to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he hearing elk that are, you know, mm-hmm. a mile away and then tracking them. Right. So he now starts moving, you know, flashlight moving towards where he thinks she is and eventually does another call out. I think he might have actually gone to bed, to be honest, and then woke up. Anyway, long story short, doesn't he, he didn't go out. to bed. He didn't go to bed. No, no. Yeah, hears her again, gets to her, and she's completely out of it, like completely, you know, lost as far as her head goes. You know, because like she's like her body shutting down type thing, or she's she's like, dehydrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah dehydrated well. and whatever. She's gone and, to shock. Like when he went, like even when she, he like went to g- give her water, she like spat it out because it like burnt her mouth, like she was so dehydrated that like, uh, it felt like she was drinking fire. Yeah. So, which is a real thing. Short, you, you can get to a level of dehydration where you can't drink water orally. It has to be injected through a UV, which is the craziest. Because like, your throat's like crystallized, kind of thing. It's I, I don't know the science it's of like it. Dried but out. You just you just can't. That's like, so disgusting. Wow, yeah. that's insane. You can also I think you can drink yourself to death or something like that. You too, can, can you? for sure. I don't no, know. no, but I, I meant like from being like you because you're just so dehydrated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can yeah. like blood your body. I think that, isn't that what happened like after the Holocaust, like when they like when the Americans like the people would eat themselves to death. There was refeeding issues. 
people would like the, yeah. the soldiers came in and they would feed people uh, too much food and their stomachs would explode and like yeah. they would just yeah they would die. What? Have like yeah they'd have like a chocolate bar and they and they couldn't their body couldn't handle it. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it wasn't so much. It was more just like the amount that they were eating. I think it was oh, like, because they, they were like these. Would de- explode. Well, not. Yeah. It was just some, some sort of biological process that would not knock them, like kill them. But they was just because they were so emaciated that you have to start feeding them slowly. You have to eat like you have to, their, their bodies just cannot handle large amounts. Of yeah. Food. There's a science behind it. Yeah. 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 So, so point being this chick, she, he saves her. They get, you know, get her to the hospital, whatever. He ends up marrying her. Yeah, dude. I just looked it up. And it yeah. says Remy Warren's amazing story about rescuing his wife. Well, and I so just saw married, that like though. three. No, I know, but I just saw that like three seconds before you finished the story. So in my head, I was like, "Wait, what? Did he like not notice that his wife was missing?" Yeah. So yeah. it's it's an incredible story. They end wow. up they end up dating and getting married. Okay, but just but think about everything that had to be aligned there so like one remy had to hear about this like you know because if, if if this chick wasn't loosely connected you know in the same social circle as remy right like if this chick was not a marathon runner and in, in peak condition probably wouldn't have survived what happened right like you know like she was so she was 72 to... hours already depleted and yeah water and food, but but right? for most people like if, if you're in like not in like marathon running shape like that's not a thing like you know like g- yeah. going without water if you're a marathon runner is not like I'm, I'm, you're more capable of doing that if mm-hmm. than if you're just some joe bloke on the on the couch okay right so so but she was in the same social circle as remy okay on top of it remy was within distance to be effective like it's it's quite possible that remy could have heard about this and he was on you know in hawaii on a hunt mm-hmm. you know he could have been out of out of you know just out of effective distance right maybe it would have been you know too long before he could get there okay so he was close uh two remy's a good enough guy that he was like even willing to do that you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it's not like he, he wasn't just like you know he was willing to you know do the hassle he was in good enough shape right so let alone and his knowledge his ability and yeah his his skill set was perfectly aligned with this outcome yeah, and then on top of that, him going out there and then just miraculously finding her, right? I mean, like, just under the circumstances. So all of that perfectly aligns. They end up getting married. It's like, it's a wonderful story, right? And I can't help but think that there was a lot of things that he had to say yes to in order for that to happen, right? right. Yes, I, I agree. What I'm pointing to is if you do that analysis to everything in your life, You'll find yeah. that the odds of anything happening, the phone that you have with its serial number, the the Yeti you're using, yeah. the odds are just spectacular. Yeah, it's it's miraculous things happen often <laughs> in in a funny way, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So all all I'm pointing to here, and I guess I never actually gave my thoughts to Austin. So Austin, if you're yeah, you're I am. I'm just us. looking up this story. Sorry. Sure. It's crazy. Okay. What a great story. I'm really We'll listen to, to it after uh, Austin. Yeah. It's good. I'm curious to know what you would do, Ammer, and like your procedure for deciding what you Yeah, would yeah. Do. So it, it, it's simple. This is why I said this is a very interesting thought experiment because when I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just running it through my mental models, my lattice, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to look at this from a stoic lens, landmark lens, religious lens ammer lens some of my friends lens i'm just running yeah. it through the tests in my head 
And there's a couple of things that just pop out to me like immediately, which is why would you be doing this? And yeah. the first red flag it, to me that you, it seems to me like you don't know why you would do this, which is why you're bringing this up. Mm-hmm. And an indicator of that was saying, uh, another in- indicator of a red flag for me was you said, oh, I want to talk to this person because for, for you, it's like this emotional thing that you want to go through. You want to feel good about doing it. So then the question is, well, how much is this is this for you and how much is it for them? That's my is, point. Yeah. It, but is it even a bad thing to do it for you? I actually yeah. don't think so. Yeah, yeah. But I do think self-deception is dangerous. So there's that. Then second of all is I think I think this is just an opportunity for you to truly think about what your life means and what your role in this world would look like in supporting others who are less fortunate. That's the opportunity I see, is to not make a decision for the sake of making a decision, but to make a decision because you will accumulate wealth, people will reach out to you, and people will ask for donations. People will ask for your time. And I think if you don't have a specific philosophy to approach this, you're going to be pulled by every side, and you're going to be breaking the number one rule which got you to where you are, which is you're focused and you have a small surface area and you've said no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So if you are to break that rule, why? If you're optimizing to save people's lives, I don't know if this is the best use of your time. Mm-hmm. Well, we... Amber, but do you know No, hold on. Let me finish. The, let me, let me, the let... uniqueness? No, the uniqueness is BS, man. I'll just be honest. It's not unique. It's not. He's going to get all of us. It's certainly more unique (laughs) than a lot of other situations. Like, for example. I don't think so. No, well, Ammer, you're like. Unique things happen often. Ammer, you're so clearly wrong on this. I mean, listen, Ammer, how, okay, like, I'll give you an example of something that's not unique, okay? Just so you can, you, because I mean, Ammer, once I explain this to you, you're 100% going to agree, okay? Uh, Seeing an ad pop up you know of like the, of the sad child in africa and says Emmer's, uh, and why, is that, and, uh, why is that not unique Ammer, because anybody with a fucking credit card as in half the planet can sign up yeah not unique okay yeah. as in anyone with a credit card can fucking sign up to donate two dollars a month okay yeah this is one of the problems of human misjudgment is we put emphasis on scarce things that's that doesn't something being I'm going to call you out here. I, I think that you're trying to almost be too fancy with no. learning I, about lattice and, and mental no. frameworks. Like I don't think so. Yeah, hundred percent, Amber. I don't think like, so. You're almost getting too fancy with this. There's no fancy. Hundred percent. There's no fancy. Yeah, too no, this finesse is all with fancy. This. this is only <laughs> no. fancy. This is this is only you learning what lattice and framework and mental frameworks and you're trying to like apply the word like, lattice is, things. is triggering. Amber, like it's like, yeah, it is because it's 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 so lame. It's so lame, Amber. Amber, I want you to know I really appreciate your opinion. <laughs> I'm just fine. This I appreciate hilarious. your opinion. I just, I just, I just, I think that it's bogus. <laughs> Why is it bogus? Because Amber. I'm putting some mental thought into this. Amber, you're you're putting mental thought into it, but I, I think that you're putting into the wrong areas. You're trying to apply things that I don't think are actually applicable to this. Okay, clearly this is a more unique opportunity to save someone's life than a lot of other situations where you could maybe save someone's no, life. No, but I think you guys are Disagreeing actually having... Disagreeing with that is just completely ridiculous. Amber's not I saying... I disagree that it's fancy. I'm, I'm disagreeing that we're... that. I'm disagreeing that Austin should do this because it's rare. Yeah, that is a bad reason to do He's not saying it's not unique or rare, though. Amber, 
fine but this is what i'm saying i don't even want to spend like i don't I, like i don't want to even get into a 30 minute conversation about whether or not he should do bone like this this is what I'm, this is this is exactly what i was trying to avoid no but that's but getting that, fancy that, with it no but that strikes me unfair is because it's like we, we we heard you out for 15 minutes but then here comes another opinion that you don't agree with that you want a strong arm and then no ammo even Amber, even no, when no, i started I, John, explaining John, my let's give no, him a chance because even, I even when i started explaining says. my opinion you you jumped in with a story about some hunter guy and then you interrupted me halfway Which, by the way, was a great story, but I agree with you, Jan. No, I Go agree ahead. as well, but what is, what is your unwillingness to hear my thoughts on this? And labeling as bogus so quick, what, what is that? Well, not, it's not so quick, but Amber, you saying that this, is not, that, that this is not a unique opportunity, that's bogus. I think Amber sees that it's a not... I think he sees that it is a unique opportunity. He's questioning why a unique opportunity should mean anything to me. Yeah, I never said it wasn't unique, but we just agreed earlier that nah, unique we run things. You no, know, Amr, when we run this back, man, that is exactly. Well, there's no need to run it back. There's no need to run it back because I can just tell you right now. If I misspoke, I misspoke. All I'm saying is unique well, opportunities. Man, if you misspoke, it's all good. But that's but that's but that's why I, that's why I gave all this pushback because you I thought you were trying to apply some mental because Amber no 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 see but even then no no even then though because Amber you you yo you there's something about was, bone marrow no, that's no, triggering John no because Amber no because Amber made up some he's like Amber said that uh, that it's a yo it's, we're putting an a, emphasis mis, because no it's, Amber yes, no because Amber yes, you, yes, you I said use, it's a human Amber, misjudgment use, to put emphasis on scarce things that's literally what I said yeah and I think that's bogus. You don't think scarcity works? Because it's a no, because it's a misapplication of that mental model, Amber. How That's could what I was it say? How? How is it a misapplication? Be too, because it actually is a scarce opportunity. Okay, what makes something actually scarce and not actually scarce? The scarcity of it. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Amber, this is this is exactly my point. No, no, you guys are having a good conversation. Just dial it down to like a you're at like a nine out of ten. Just bring it down to a six. This is a great conversation. Okay, Amber. This is exactly my point of you trying to be too fancy. You use these words that like... Okay, I don't know. I'm sorry if they're confusing you. I'm just trying to be John, I just want you to know, I'm going to jump in here, John. I understood what Amber was saying the whole time that wasn't in contradiction to you, although it now is. I'm not saying that he contradicted. I'm not even saying that he contradicted. Okay. Well, he is is presenting a point that is counter to yours. What does that even mean? How how can one be too fancy with a thought experiment? (laughs) So you want me to just be, do you want me to dumb it down? Is that what you want me to do? What does too fancy mean? I, I guess I'm confused. I mean, like too, like, I'll give an example of too fancy. So like when I was in uh, English 12, okay, like in grade 12, uh, we had to write a, uh, a, 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 an essay on this book or this short story called The Greatest Game, as I think is what it was called. Uh, you guys ever read the short story? No. No. Okay. I think so. Way, it's a really fucking simple story. Basically, there's a, a ship. There's a bunch of sailors. Even you can crash. understand it, Ammer. <laughs> one dude. No, but hold on. One dude fucking ends up on this remote island, okay, for, as a result of this crash. Okay, like this one captain ends up on the island. It turns out the guy who owns the island is a, you know, just traditional kind of bad dude. You know, maybe call him Russian. Who the fuck knows? But he's some bad dude. And, and he owns the island and basically the island's sole purpose is it's his hunting ground where he takes one, he takes humans, puts them on the island and then hunts them. Okay. And, and that's his satisfaction. 
And so when this guy washes up on his beach, he t he's like, oh, fucking perfect. Takes this guy, puts him in. Yeah, there you go. Puts him in. Uh, yeah, Zeroff. Yeah. Puts him in the island and then starts hunting him. But this guy realizes quite quickly, holy shit, I'm being hunted. Okay. And, you know, there's an epic ending. I, I think Zeroff ends up getting killed or something like that by the captain. He beats him in his own game or whatever and escapes the island. Okay. So. I remember you had to write a story about the, you know, the meaning of this book, this story, right? Some people in my English 12 group fucking wrote this mad thing of like all the symbolism and how it was like a, you know, the symbol of the cold war and all this craziness. And it was like this, like five page essay on all this symbolism and all this nonsense. Right. And it's like, you could take like a vase, for example, and be like, this is, this vase is a symbol of the hardship of all of the uh, children that had to work to mine the clay. And this is this, this vase symbolizes that like you can add all this meaning or you can, you can, um, you know, almost philosophize about a lot of things. And I don't know <clears throat> if it's worthwhile. Like, I think that sometimes in life, you actually can just take things on their face value. You don't necessarily need to pontificate. I'm going to yeah, jump but in here there and say is that Amber no was actually value. saying that those things he wants to stay away from. He wasn't even, he wasn't encouraging the philosophizing of, the bone marrow transplant opportunity he was actually encouraging me to not view it that way he was like hey don't make it mean anything let's look at what actually no, is rare. when he started going into the purpose of your life i'm i'm thinking to myself man i feel like we took a left turn here yeah but that's a different way to look at it it doesn't take anything into consideration Dude, if, if you go back all i said was this is an interesting thought experiment and then and then austin was like well how would you think about this and i said well i'd like to apply different filters so I was just going through different filters and you stopped me on filter two out of seven. Ammer, I know, but when I start hearing purpose of life and we're talking about this stuff, like John, you don't need to agree life, with him. I'm just curious to know what he would do. Okay, just was just was I just don't rewind back to the beginning. My only my only reason why I jumped in, okay, was that I was trying to avoid us spending what I was hoping not be a 40 minute conversation. John, I can't help but say this. that you are a okay, was about of why this has lasted so, so long. I, like, I would have taken five minutes and we would have moved on and you've been, Oh, Amber, that's interesting. I disagree. And then that would have been it. And we would have shaken hands and danced. Well, away. maybe, maybe takes two to tango. Anyways, what would you do? Austin, the way I would look at this is, this will come up into the future, and I think you, you want to get at least a little bit clear on what's going to happen if you get another phone call tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's your goal with this? Is your goal to do things to feel good? Is your goal to do things to help people? Is your goal is to save lives? Is, is your goal to do and diversify a little bit of all these things? Why are those your goals? How much of those are your own beliefs? How much were those planted in you? How much of that stems from religion? How much of that comes from your past? Just question things. Be open to question things and ask the questions that some people don't want to ask that might be a little bit uncomfortable when it comes to a kid with leukemia asking for your bone marrow because it's a fun thought experiment, one. And because, well, I actually don't think you can overthink something. I think at the end of it, you can walk and be, walk away from it and be like, oh, I just like tied this entire knot for no reason. I think maybe I should just simplify things a little bit. So... I don't know, like, if, if, if your goal is to save as many lives as possible, then maybe there's other actions that you can take that can give you a bigger reward 
Whereas they, that may not be your best possible action. Mm -hmm. I'm just warning against, I don't want you to be a plastic bag in the wind where maybe somebody found a little weak spot with you that they can take your time or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I want you to be in control. I want you to do things <laughs> yeah, with, with purpose. Um, you've gotten to where you are by being very active, not reactive. And the way you laid it out, it seemed to me like you were very reactive. Yeah, I was. For, for reasons that maybe you don't know or don't fully understand. And I don't blame you because yeah. this is very complicated stuff that I even said I don't know the answers to. But I do know that there's the right questions to ask and there's things that you can think about when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. So... Why would you do such a thing? How often are you going to do it in the future? What are you optimizing for? If you're optimizing to saving lives, well, okay, how much of that is valued over your accu accumulation of wealth? That's another like thing you have to calculate. Because if all you want to do is save lives, and that really brings you total purpose, then maybe learn a little. Maybe maybe you can be a nurse. Maybe you can go down that path. Maybe that will take too long to do. So you can deploy some capital to help fund other surgeries or transfusions or organ donations maybe you should learn uh maybe you should make sure every building you walk into has a fire extinguisher and a defibrillator on site maybe you should learn cpr there's other things that can allow you to save lives maybe you can volunteer at the suicide hotline i think you have the communication skills to maybe fill in a couple hours a week mm -hmm. there's things you can do depending on what you're optimizing for you get this phone call that is uh, that is now an opportunity for you to think about these things. So I haven't exactly, thought about, yeah, I haven't exactly thought about exactly what I was looking for because thank like, you. I, I don't think that I was looking at it as economically uh, objective as I could in terms of like, what am I filtering for? What am I actually working towards? Cause I caught myself for like, I, I, I would say that I almost exist in contradiction to making emotional decisions. And so I yep. realized that I was making like when you get called, like literally someone's effectively cold calling me saying you can save someone's life. That's dying. It's like, yeah, well now that's powerful. Yeah, I know. Now, it's, it's a powerful it's like, sales script. I've <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to try it out on my clients this week. If you do your roof, <laughs> you will save, you know, but I think this is why I wanted to bring it up. Exactly. Because I wanted to know, like, you, <clears throat> like to John's point, it is a very unique thing to have that happen to someone, right? As a, as a possible donor. So there's the novelty of it, which like you feel it's almost silly to say that that isn't a factor because when else am I going to get an amazing opportunity like this to help someone in need? Man, you're 26. There's going to be way more opportunities. That I come. know. And there's like the complimentary point of view, which is like, Hey, if you actually choose to do this, what is that saying about how you make decisions and what your goals are? You know, that's it. That's, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. I think we got to where we are today and we'll continue <clears throat> to succeed if we do things with purpose. Yeah. We're not easily influenced. And the scarcity of an item should not influence your decision. Oh, hey, there's like this rare deal came up. There's this like, you know, this thing that came up. There's all oh, you know, this, this woman, this... I think that's just operating from a scarcity mindset. It really is. Quite honestly. I think, that, I, I, I think if you look in the right places, you'll find thousands and thousands and thousands of people who you can save their life I tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. That, that the smallest amount of money can make a huge difference to their health. You can go down to Mexico where they make $30 a month 
find some people where they have their grandma living with them that's sick that needs medication and you can go out and hand hand out $100 bills and go save the lives of like a thousand grandmas. It's a silly example, but there's something like that's what I'm talking about. Is, no, I know, I know I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So, yes, this is an interesting area that has not come up for all the th- for the three of us combined. We have not been canvassed to support or save people's lives. Okay, great. Let's think about it objectively. Let's look again at what our goals are. How charitable do do we want to be in our lives? This is something that we spent I think zero minutes talking about. What does our charity and donation look like? Well, this is <laughs> where this it podcast, starts. We haven't. No, but this is the conversation that starts it where, well, why on earth would I live my life where I look at my finances, health, time, and business using these models that have helped me out? Why on earth would I not use these same models to think about my charity, my health, and my donations? So that's how I look at it. And yeah, all it is, is an opportunity, an opportunity to think critically and an opportunity to make a decision actively, not reactively. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand. And uh, I'm, I'll kind of keep you guys updated as this goes on because uh, it's nowhere near over. For all I know, like I could go do this physical in a few months and uh, I'm not a, as great of a match as, my, as I thought I was and the cheek swab they did four years ago isn't as accurate as my full physical and then you know this is all for nothing but nonetheless yeah. it's a good thought exercise yeah and there's other things that you should i have a list here again i i think i told you this before i have like a list of things to do when you're making a decision that you don't know how to make mm. you know which is you usually want to reduce your cognitive load so you need to remember if you make this decision you're going to make more decisions in the future like that About decision will thing. cause yeah, it will, it will cause future decisions on your recovery and where you stay in the hotel. So there's decision yeah, fatigue yeah, that you're yeah. signing up for. Is that worth it? You're going to be signing up to um, maybe increasing the complexity of your life for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. There's, there's impacts to will. that. Your business, your employees, your girlfriend, your fa- fiance, Rydell. There's impacts the to us. recovery is kind of like, un- uh, that's, yeah. that's a big variable. I don't know a lot about yeah. So that's part one. And then part two and make a decision. I want you to think critically. Do your own analysis. Don't default to what others are doing. Okay, stay away from popular delusions and madness of crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, apply your core values and principles to guide your action consistently. So look at this from what do you, are, what are your goals? What are your values? If you don't know what those are, go find them out. And um, yeah, it what, says what here are the, from a quick Google search that I'll need to take two to three weeks off of uh, strenuous activity. No, I think this is goes beyond a Google search. I think you should book an hour where no, you no, just No, no, I know. I'm this. just saying preliminary level. I obviously agree with you, but that's yeah, crazy. Sure. Like I, that's a I, lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. It's a big investment. So yeah, what 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 is the ease of undo? What's the risk and downside? What's the input output symmetry? What are the second order consequences? And uh, what are your goals? So those are the things I run through when it comes to a new decision. Yeah. So Man, it's actually crazy. A massive needle goes into my pelvic bone. It's like bro, what? Bone marrow is the soft sponge-like material found inside bones. It contains immature cells known as hema hematopoietic or blood-forming stem cells. Uh they s- divide to form more blood-forming stem cells. 
they carry oxygen platelets yeah austin one thing one thing that you should think about i think that's just like this in my, in my space right now which is would you do this if you did not talk about it 100 percent i think so yeah well if you i should think you should about think it, about it, you that you mean if i didn't tell anyone about you're, it? you're not allowed to tell anybody about this <clears throat> would you would you still do it like because like, again I don't think there's anything wrong with fulfilling that need of being, you know, getting... I'd probably want to tell, like, Miranda or my mom or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's know? okay. Yeah, that they fall into that. But, you know, a podcast. Like, there's a little bit... Like, it feels nice to be like, hey, look, I'm doing something that's good. Like, look at me. Like, you should be also... Dude, There's I nothing wrong with that. I, yeah, yeah. But that, maybe, maybe you're little, not doing that. Yeah, no, yeah, that is that is a portion of, like, it's fun to talk about and to possibly be a person that gets to do that. And to maybe also be viewed that way, sure. But my point of concern is like, actually, like it's kind of scary, right? Yeah, so okay. like, to me, I also wouldn't want to be that guy. If you're going into like the social arena argument, I wouldn't necessarily want to be that guy who talks about it and then also has, you know, maybe after the procedure, I work out too early or I, you know, do something too strenuous and i like break a bone or i don't fucking know right like it's just i it would be so stupid of me to yeah but but it, it's interesting because we don't have those answers though I know, we wouldn't we would never yeah. know those answers you'd have to like do that own research so that's just something also to think about and it's like well yeah what are you optimizing for yeah and it's like would you save the life like what, what what's the extent you're willing to go to to save the life of a stranger and the one thing I immediately thought of when I got called about it is like, I've, I've yet to have kids. I will 100% have kids. It's like, who's to say my kid doesn't have a life, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, like, like a, a disability or a sickness disease that changes their life forever, you know? So yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, we but yo, John, John, I had a question for you. I want to, I want to clarify something there from our, from just our interaction. Because you need to know, and this is this is something I personally experienced. So I'll, you probably uh, maybe maybe have seen this differently, but I have to ask this so I can get it out of my space. Which is, you are ahead of me by at least a couple of years and a couple of hundred books. And as I'm catching up to your knowledge, there's new things that I'm learning that I'm excited to at least test out, such as lattice works, mental models, scarcity, whatever. So I just wanted to know was. earlier because i remember a time when i was learning stuff for the first time like compound interest and then my brother would come several years after i learned the concept played around with it even used it and then he's telling me about compound interest and a part of me was like oh like what do you know like you're just starting to to know that I just want to know how much was that? Because I like I kind of judged my brother, but like, oh, like, what do you know about compound interest? You know, little fellow there. So as I'm learning these things, as I'm reading these books, as I'm upgrading my knowledge, I'm gonna to start to slowly catch up to you. You loom over me with a lot of these concepts that maybe you've wrestled with before and have thought about, and maybe you've 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 come to different realizations about them. But how much of that was you kind of going, oh, Amor, like? Uh, yeah, how much of that was just a judgment of just like, oh, you know, Amor, like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're um, trying to be smart or you're overthinking it or 
Um, I don't know. That just didn't. They just didn't seem. This is how it landed. It didn't seem like it came from a good place. I think it came from like a superior, like a superior place. But maybe I'm misreading. You know, please. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I um, I think that you feeling that that's coming from me feeling superior. I think is, uh, the same place that I think. Uh, let me reword this. You don't have to be tactful. It's good. No, 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 I, I, I want to be specific here because this is this is a touchy subject. I think that the same insecurity that you may have towards me being ahead of you, or that you, f- or rather, you feeling like oh, with books I'm coming from this. No, 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 just hmm. this, this even just subtle notion that that you, that you felt that there was any sort of me feeling superior to you. Okay. I think because I mean it's just not there. Okay, cool. It's just it's just I just I'm not operating. There's there's the you know, cool. It's just not even on my mind. It's okay, not awesome. even where I was coming from at all. However, I think that feeling that you had right there that you that you sensed, I think is the same feeling that I pick up on. Okay, of you having to, uh, be smart or impress or share knowledge or like, but. But sh- but but uh, maybe overextend based on your on based on your information base. Mm. Hey guys, Austin here. Just wanted to check in mid episode and thank you so much for your ongoing listenership and commitment to the podcast. We have some of the most enormously positive data with regards to how long our listeners listen to episodes for meaning we can tell the vast majority of our listeners listen right from the first to the last second of the recording which in the world of podcasting is just completely unheard of so we wanted to just stop in here mid-episode and say thank you for being you you guys are absolutely awesome Because of this overwhelmingly positive data over the last two years, we decided it would be a great idea for both us and our listeners to launch a Patreon. Patreon is essentially a platform that you can subscribe to to get more connected with myself, John and Ammer, and the podcast as a whole. So whether you're a massive fan of the podcast and want to get direct individual coaching from myself, Ammer, or John, or want to just have early access to episodes and chip in a few dollars a month to help us take this podcast to the next level, bring on more guests and provide more value, there are tiers that are built for you, I can guarantee it. If you wanted to look into Patreon, get more information about how you could gain more value through the podcast and really augment your listening experience, you can check out our link in our Instagram at the weekly call pod on Instagram, or simply press pause on this episode, go into the show notes, click the Patreon link, and check out more details about the tiers we have available there. Thanks so much, guys, and thank you so much for continuing to listening to the weekly call podcast. Now, back to the episode. Yes, it's it's a lot more rare, though. I think I, I pick up on that, and I actually agree, but I think that's like maybe 5% of operating. I think a lot of time it's just me having fun with the things I'm learning versus me trying to compensate for an insecurity. But I am aware of exactly what you're talking about. I just I just feel like it's maybe 5% of what's causing all of this. I suppose. I don't know. I just, like, even even like the one sentence you said there, which it, it doesn't, it's not, it's, it's not helpful when, when my memory's not as good as it needs to be, but... 
they're, they're just I, I find you saying things sometimes where I think that if I was to like record it and play it back to you, I mean, and, I mean, we all fall into this camp, but I, I suppose that there's a lack of humility that sometimes I feel like you bring to the table that oh, makes shit. me maybe more that makes me bring more critical because um give me an example like, you know, well like the one the, the, like the one thing you were saying like i don't know it's just there's things that like uh there's there's things that you say sometimes where i'm like man it just like i i think that i i maybe i can kind of hear what you're trying to say but it's coming from a place of just knowing rather than discovering and that's what sometimes it gets me a little frustrated because when I when I when I when I feel like you're talking to me as if you're just coming from a place of knowing and there's no discovery on your end, mm. and it doesn't. What's an make example? Sense. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those things where when you're on the spot, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, the brain doesn't quite work. But there was this one sentence I wish I could remember that you said that it just like like was it, it, one it, sentence was counter. And it, you had just said it, it was something about uh, um. It was so, you, you were saying how I, I don't think you can overthink, but then your next sentence was you were trying to simplify. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? You know what I mean? Like, like, that's what I mean, where it's like, like you say things like I, I sometimes I think that and, and, and I mean, I, you don't I think, think that's this, you don't think that's literally discovery of me sharing what's going through my head Hold out on, loud, dude, totally. But oh, I yeah, think okay. that it, <laughs> I think that you would benefit from a bit more humble pie. Like if you were more humble in the way that you were discovering things mm. i think that it, it would it, it would just be a lot easier to have a conversation about something because oh okay okay I i'm coming i'm coming rarely, in like very with a finality dude, very rarely do i find that there's something on the table and we're both trying to learn more about it i find really? that a lot of times you're holding this thing in your hand and you're like john let me show you about this mm. okay 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 right and and it yeah okay 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 I know I just caught the tail end of that because I was just in the bathroom. But John, do you think? Well, that- Amber was, Amber was, uh, Amber. Just so you can get the context, Amber was asking me uh, about the last conversation and how he was describing a uh, a situation with him and his brother, where his brother would come to mm-hmm. him after him maybe just just kind of just kind of entering into the learner stage about an idea or a topic, topic. and then and then Amber having a bit of contempt towards his brother or or his brother feeling that way, and Amber was asking me if that was. If if he felt that that was present in our relationship, and I and I declined it, I said no. I don't not our relationship in that conversation, just in that conversation. It, it, it's yeah, not correct. existed in our relationship, not, like not even a speck. In that conversation, yeah, yeah. But you don't think it's? Um, do you think that's present no. for you at all, John? Where it's like also, you know, look at look at this or whatever. Like, let me tell you about this. No. I really don't think so. I, 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 and the reason why is because I genuinely do not believe that I'm smarter than other people. Okay. I genuinely believe that. Okay. I, I, I really think that everything I have is a result of my hard work. I don't believe it's because of intelligence. Okay. I don't think I have unique information. Okay. As in everything that I, that I've learned is from other people. It's from books that are publicly available. So I don't think I have unique information. Okay. I also don't think I understand it very well, mainly because I read all the fucking time and I'm constantly feeling like a fucking idiot. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, Im- I think it's impossible to read as much as I do and not have a, se- a certain level of humility surrounding yeah, knowledge. For sure. Okay. The more you, if the I more actually you know, felt the more like you I, you don't know. Okay. Sure. But it's, but it's also, 
the only way that you can learn is if you're a student, okay? And I'm like, you know what I mean? So it's, it, 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 it's hard to come from a place of knowing when you're constantly learning, mm-hmm. right? So it's, so I really don't believe it's present. I very rarely do I believe that I'm presenting no, 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 an object I'm as in, curious. as an I, I yeah. I don't necessarily, I was just yeah. wondering if from like, if you think that Amber does that, I was curious to think if you or even me do it. Well, I, I, oh, I'm I, sure that we all, yeah. Yeah, we, we all, I, I do it most presently in like my day-to-day because it's, and this is, this is my question, which is if you are a coach, and, and, and the first thing you said is like, well, I don't know, like any marketing method could work really if you tried it, if you come from a place of like discovery, whereas you say, no, like based on your business and what we just looked at in your neighborhoods, I think door-to-door is going to be an efficient strategy in your business. Both are equally, you know, one is less humble than the other, but one's more effective than the other. I mean, it's like, this is something I also thought about, but I feel like what's happening here is like that may be bleeding through, which I don't want it. So, and it's, I mean, I can say because I believe, but, but maybe this is a blind spot, but I truly believe that I'm more of a student. I'm just too hungry to learn. All I'm doing is learn. Put it this way. Here, here's maybe the easiest way to sum it up. I have, you know, I'm I'm an exceptionally disagreeable person to begin with, but my tolerance for having conversations about like, 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 let's just, let's just get this right on the floor. Like Austin, like that last conversation was just totally not engaging for me. But but here's how it could have been way more engaging if you had a came prepared. Like if you had a came with all of the stats and you had already put in all the research, like rather than you doing the research on your phone right then and there, like if you had a came to this conversation, at, like you were not even, like, like Austin, you weren't interested enough in that topic to actually do your own research prior to coming to this conversation. Like you could have spent 30 minutes and that conversation could have been amazing because you could have came with all of the information, like all of the questions that we could, that we, that you, we probably would have asked would have been the same questions you would have asked. And you could have came with those answers, but you weren't interested enough in order to come prepared. And I don't, I, and I don't mean, I'm not, I'm not, this, I'm not actually as aggressive as I sound right now, but what my point being though, is that you weren't that interested in it. So my interest level was the same as yours, which was not really that fucking interested. And then Ammer, you go off about this, this, this philosophy stuff that you barely understand, right? And I don't mean that in like a, in a judgment. I barely understand what the fuck you're talking no, about. No, no, I, I actually but agree I just, that I barely but understand. But I think it. that there has to be a certain level of why don't we talk about what we are interested in and that we actually have unique information about or a lot of information about. Like what? I don't know any of the things that like, like for example, <laughs> like, like, I don't know about you guys, but there's things that I'm working on in my life that I think about on a daily basis that I've put a lot of thought into that I read a lot about, and it's not fucking bone marrow transplants. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? But if, but, but if any one of us had spent any amount of time reading about bone, bone marrow transplants, I would want to know that information. But just pontificating or talking about this stuff in a non-educated way, as if we fucking know what the hell we're talking about, is not interesting to me. And it never will be. Whether it's bone marrow transplants or some other topic that we don't fucking know. If our ability to learn is not present and our ability to talk about something that we do know about so that other people can learn, then I'm not interested. So my tolerance for shitty conversations is extremely low. And that, to me, was a shitty conversation. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. In my defense, I did start by it was way above my pay grade. That's literally what I said. First things first. So yeah, no, I know. This is exactly why I didn't want to have forty minute conversation. But why? Why can't you say that in the beginning, man? Ammer, fair enough, brother. But like within three minutes of of that conversation starting, I realized Austin didn't do his homework, and I had no unique information. And Ammer started talking about meaning of life. I'm like, guys, there's no fucking way. But why can't you say? Hey guys, I think this is outside of our circle of competence. Let me tell you about my week. I want your opinion on this. Why can't you just Fair do enough, that? Man. Come on. Fair enough. But all I'm saying is, is that like again, this is all learning experience for us. But like here we are talking about what I, I mean, you know, look at. I mean, if you weren't interested in the peer error stuff, I totally get it. Okay, fair enough. But that's my world right now. Like so, like, like I could have like I'm not even exaggerating. Okay, Tris and I can go for a walk and talk about peer error for four hours uninterrupted. And when we get home, we stand in front of my house and we could have another three hour conversation in front of my house standing there and it would be no problem. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm knowledgeable in that space. I'm learning about it. Like I'm trying to learn more. Okay. And, and it's, and it's applicable to the things that you guys do. Right. When we pivot from that conversation to something that basically it's like a cliff notes conversation, like there's no conversation to be had there. I mean, it's super interesting opportunity, but again, the quality of conversation is just not present there. In Austin's defense, he did something that you don't really do that much with pure air, which is which is get our opinions on stuff. You just kind of like give us the facts and then we dig in. But you're never like, hey, okay, would you guys rather buy these locations or spend that money instead on reallocating capital? How would you allocate that capital based on what, how you guys would think about this? Like you, you never give us fun thought experiments about pure. It's just like, Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing. And then, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I find pure air very fun. Uh, I find everything about what you do at pure air is fun because you're literally building an empire. You're trying to be the best 1-800-GOT-JUNK. But in pure air, you know, where you own the most businesses, that's very clear to me where you're just delegating and managing. And like, this is, this is what I want to do as well in my life. But uh, one thing Austin did that you didn't do, which is just kind of give us a little fun question, fun experiment. Fair um, enough. Yeah, fair enough. The 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 audience uh, involvement, I suppose, right? Well, no, no, not audience. Like me and Austin. No, I, like, no, I'm, I, I know, oh. I know about. I meant like I meant like when someone's speaking on stage, like you know, that's one of the things that they talk about is like getting the audience involved, right? People yeah, more engaged. I get it. Yeah, yeah, because I sometimes feel when you talk about pure air, it's like I I I'm afraid of asking a question that you can't answer, or um, most of the time it's like. That, that's definitely a big one. It's like, well, he's not, he, you kind of mentioned the expansion last episode to me, like in a text and you're like, Hey, just keep it low key. So I didn't know. Well, it wasn't official. It wasn't official. It, no, no, exactly. Exactly. But I don't know what else is not official. Like what, wh what is, cause there's, there's Tristan as well. So I feel like if I ask about, cause you guys are 50, 50 partners, like it will be different if you're 51%. I feel like, ah, oh, but can I really ask about this without, without Tristan here? Like, I would love to know your. Like for me to truly understand this business, John, I need to know how much you're going to make, how much Tristan's going to make. I need to know your profitability metrics. I need to know what royalties are. But I feel like I can't even touch that because, it's, because we're on a podcast. But, I, but I can, we can definitely touch that on one-on-one, -on -one, which by the way, our one-on-one -on -one conversations spill for hours like easily, easily, because there's, I sometimes feel there's no limitation. Now, in your defense, I could be making up these limitations in my head that I can just simply ask and just go for no. Um, but there's a lot about 
pure air that that is really that I would enjoy that I would know about its balance sheets that's where a lot of my fun comes from like and you got me hooked on these things which is let me learn the language of this business but I can't because maybe that's there's confidentiality involved you know what I mean so yeah okay well here's something that I'd like to get your guys's input on okay so I'm like starting to think more about the transition like the, what the next stage is for my painting business okay which is a yeah. which is very key to pure air as well because it's very important that my relationship with pro works becomes uh like i I need to remove myself from the day-to-day uh within the next 12 months in order to take advantage of the pure opportunity to its fullest extent okay and so effectively right now my main involvement in pro works is one hiring two lead generation lead gen- marketing in general and selling the contracts scheduling them now as far as production management goes that is 99% delegated off the only part of that that is not is what i still think is the involvement of the salesman which is having some level of fulfillment you know so now i have brady who uh is clearly competent he's going to be he's probably going to end up being number two out west okay uh he'll probably finish somewhere around 450 to five hundred thousand dollars. okay summer production only okay so he's you know clearly competent he's coming in september and i need to transition within by the end the goal is that by the end of the preseason, that we will have a million dollars booked and that he will be able to manage sales over the entire summer without me. Because the goal is for me to go full-time pure air next May. Okay? Yeah, but question about that. Why would Brady do that? That That is something that confuses me. I didn't even know you announced the Brady thing until like a couple of weeks ago. But Brady, who's a top performer, who's making a lot of money, is choosing to get yeah. a job. That makes no sense. Well... You you could argue that it's a job. It depends on how he's being how he's being paid, and depends is on what profit he sees share? the opportunity as. So that's so yeah. So th- this, and we can talk about this. Is why would Brady do that? It, you know, that's that's my input. Like, why do you think that Brady would do that? I mean, that's what I was going to ask you guys. How can I make that relationship? Like, how how do you think I can incentivize and reward him to actually take advantage of that opportunity? Because effectively, the way that so here's what he's walking into. Right, is he's walking into a business that you know, by the time he comes, it's like a one point, it'd be like 1.4 to $1.6 million in, in annual in that revenue. Okay. Previous year, 1.2. So it's, it's a million, you know, it's, it's established at a million dollars in plus in revenue. Okay. Um, but it's it not, re- a, it's a, not recurring though. So like what, what's guaranteeing that it's, you're going to do another million next year without spending all those hours cold calling and doing estimates or spending money well, no, on flowers. No, a hundred percent. You'd have to go, you'd have to go do those. You'd have to go do those estimates. You'd have to, but as, as, as far as the business is concerned, I mean, it's ability to generate leads and recruiting is present, right? Like if you go look at, uh, oh, recruiting. Okay. That's a very good argument. Yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Recruit. Yeah, no, because we already have core staff with management. So yeah. that's, that's huge. As in, he doesn't have to go hire the first 10 staff and, and, and well, he doesn't do any hiring. I'm not going to delegate that. I'm, I'm, I'll be hiring, but 
he he he's coming into a uh, just a better production system than what he currently has okay or what i mean as far as any other painting business is concerned it's probably one of the better production systems just like you know built rather than building your own okay you know the company vehicles adequate equipment you know in order to, we, we have enough equipment and vehicles to do two million dollars in revenue like the, the capacity as far as equipment is concerned far greater than what we're currently at okay um very established brand as far as like people are very well aware of me um and they're very well aware of pro works painting in the okanagan you know as far as how many flyers we've sent out the billboards you know the advertising like there's been a lot of money pumped into that we we have good google presence um you know again just well established in these communities like when we send out flyers people are phoning in okay i'm sure that there's a lot of my competitors that don't have as good a branding because they don't do as good a work etc okay sure. um and then on top of it you also have he also has the ability to learn from me as far as how it is that i sold so he, it's not like so i mean that part of why he would go from running his own student works painting business to getting getting into what i'm in i think is that makes sense to me like as far as why you would make that transition but why would you stick around is is more the problem that i thought i was trying to solve yeah but i mean here's a question why not put brady in pure air where a not only a sales manager but a sales executive can be a such a critical role or like a general manager to to fill up what's happening because in pure. it's it's a, well one it's a it's it's currently a lower income opportunity in the pre in the present. It's also not necessarily what Brady's skill set is. I mean, Brady has has had ran a painting franchise for two years. Okay, so transitioning to pro work. I mean, I need to solve the pro works dilemma, which is that I want to keep this as a, as an asset. I mean, Pierre Air is a whole is a totally different problem that's being solved. But Brady doesn't necessarily fit into that. I mean, if Brady went to Pierre Air, then I would still need someone for pro works. Like so, Brady's my best option for ProWorks. I also think it's his best opportunity as well. Okay, but he already proven to find his own team. He's already proven to find his own work. And if he was to move out west, he wouldn't even fall under the non compete. So he can just start a painting business. No, no, and he's already out west. No, no, no. But he he would be outside the thirty mile range where he can like he has to fly down to you, right? Is he traveling more no, than just to drive? Well, how far, how far is the drive? Four hours, yeah. He's outside of the non-compete range. He can just start his own franchise. Like, why doesn't he just do that? I wish well, Brady yeah, was but here. Amber, right? but, but Amber, but I mean, but I mean, I, I mean, I have an established, but it's it's a totally different thing. I mean, starting starting a no, new I business. No, I agree with you. I, I agree with to, you. Yeah. But do you know his yeah. answers to these questions? Oh yeah, no, I do. I'm sorry. I, I guess maybe yeah. what I'm looking for is how do I incentivize? Like monetarily, how would you guys go about? Did you incentivize? Did you ask him what he wants? No, we've already come up with a solution. Oh. We've, we already have. We no, we already like we you already, already have figured a contract. It out. Mm. Yeah, so you already have a comp plan. Yeah, okay. I already do. Okay. I'm, You're just curious I to know, know what you we guys. Do. So I'm Correct. currently uh, looking for a GM for my franchise for next year, and uh, I was in the later stages of negotiating or talking to one, and then realized that not speaking French is a huge huge problem in my area so i realized i couldn't work with them i need to find somebody who speaks french and, and is ideally francophone so we got into the later stages my contract with this person was going to look like uh a smaller a smaller salary that runs all year around like from january to january um and they get 
25% of the net profit after a million dollars in revenue has been produced. So I, I basically did the same thing. Really? Okay, cool. But yeah, but mine was not net. It was gross. Um, but you're going to be making the decision. Uh, sorry, they're going to be making the decisions that, that determine the margins from gross to net. Um, I, I Brady and I agreed that I would give him 25% of, well, the, the, the definition matters here. So it's, it's the, pro, so it's, uh, the gross profit that's shown on the income statement at the, at the franchise level, minus any, uh, uh, expenses related to marketing or recruiting. So right, the things okay. that he's not going to be paying for are capital expenditures. Yeah and uh yeah basically just capital expenditures okay but so he's not gonna be paying for vehicles or any of dude, that that's actually stuff. insane yeah. that we came up with the same comp plan having not spoken about this uh, well how did you come to your conclusion versus a salary or a commission i wanted the person to know that i'm invested in them with the salary but also wanted to set the expectation that nothing's given. If you were, yeah. if you were to ask it in one sentence, that's what I'd say. But how come you did net rather than gross? Because or did you mean the same thing? Um, similar, but the goal is to get them to a point where they are making the day to day decisions that are going to determine what the transition cost is from gross to net. So. But the way but, they're going to manage no, well, the bottom line sorry, is going to be on them. Sorry, the only the but when you say net, are you talking about like after tax? No, sorry, I'm talking after all overhead, pre corporate yeah. tax. Okay, so yeah, I mean, effectively, the only difference between you and I is just the capital expenditure. That's the only difference then. Um, like if I have to buy a vehicle, for example, I'm not going to deduct that from. Correct. From, no, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess I am subtracting out like equipment purchases. Like if I, if I, we buy orbital sanders, like any equipment. No, but if this person, to, so here's the difference though. If yeah. this person decides to go and hire, because the way I'm yeah. looking to hire in my, the GM role is that like I'm, I'm effectively delegating every decision that is made on a day to day basis. So any, like for example, Hiring a marketer because someone's need like we're currently experiencing less leads per week than we need. Hiring and I recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and training that marketer is going to be on that GM. And so that is it going to be? Would you classify that as capital expenditure though? Well, no, it's not. No, like hiring, uh, like so. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. The cost like the to do that would influence the bottom line. So that would be deducted from from Brady's pay. Okay, then we're on the same page. Yeah, like yeah. So any advertising is totally deductible. Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise, yeah, otherwise, okay. otherwise, you could just advertise up the yin yang. Now, hold on. But so this is really important, though. Part of the agreement that I have with Brady, which this is, you know what? Like people could say what they want about contracts and stuff like that. You know, I mean, sure, we'll probably we'll probably write something up. I mean, I'm more of a handshake kind of fucking guy, anyways. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like. Like we'll do something up, but but the second part of this is more or less like a, a, an agreement that the goal is to get Brady into an ownership role. Mm -hmm. So I the way that I actually want so the first year as a trial period, it's like okay, fine. Here's here's how you're gonna get paid, right? And it's it's a pretty simple way, okay. And, but 
the way that I actually want him to make money in the long run is only through dividends. It makes everything way easier if that's um, how if that's how him and I make money. Oh, it makes everything easier, except for one because thing. Then it's a matter except what? for him showing income. That's it. Yeah. So, and and that's where you know that that's where it gets funky as far yeah. as if you want to show income, then we're gonna have an issue. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, well, no, it is. But no, no I know what you mean though. It just is. But the reason why is because doing a dividend policy is exceptionally simple oh, I know. because it's effectively it's amazing because it, no longer are you splitting profits or anything like that you're just simply here's how much cash is in the bank account like if there's forty thousand dollars in the bank account at the end of the month and we want to do a thirty thousand dollar dividend and you own this percentage and i own that percentage then we'll split it that way right but it's no longer there's no you're not splitting in because splitting income is a ridiculous way like that's not how mo- that's know, not how businesses it, it is a very it's almost like a well how would you say like a elementary way of dividing income like it doesn't take into account income splits are useless because someone's going to get fucked off an income split yeah, yeah 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 right taking the cash at the end of the day and distributing you back, pay yourself that as makes a salaried the most employee sense. right no i only pay dividends okay i thought at one point I, you did I, I will never i will never collect uh i will never collect a salary for the rest of my life but did you at one point or am i making that up no i never okay, paid myself a salary. i mean other than when i was a sole proprietor i never paid myself a salary yeah okay i only started yeah. doing that last year and uh huge difference yeah well from a tax perspective it's yeah it's way better yeah. um i only pay myself dividends and even then uh most of my income is kept at the corporate level so very very little yeah. of my income actually ends up going to john morgan personally yeah, on paper, what do you make? Like 30, 40K a year? No, like 90. 90K in dividends? Yeah. So if you're making, if you're claiming 90K in dividends, then your tax rate goes up significantly, though, right? Um, I paid $13,000 in taxes. On the 90. But on the personal level. On the yeah. 90 withdrawal. Yeah. Man, I think BC tax. Actually, I think, I think, no, you I know think it was a hundred thousand. You know what it is? It's Quebec my, my, tax. My, my, my total tax rate was thirteen point one. So I think I paid. I think I made a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Okay, hold on though. What is BC's corporate tax rate? But not all of that was from JM though. Some of that was. Um, oh, that's even like better. A, like a referral check or whatever. Yeah. If you get a uh, if you get a dividend from JM and then a dividend from Aurelius, and you let's say get fifty and fifty, you're still getting taxed Makes as a hundred k dividends. Correct. Okay, so then it makes no difference where you get them from. Uh, okay, so what's the corporate tax rate in BC? Eleven percent flat. Want to hear some bullshit? Up to half a million. Want to hear some bullshit? Guess what it is in Quebec. Seventeen percent. Twenty-one. Oh. So when I so when I do my corporate tax, what twenty-one percent, John? Twenty provincially or, provincially or combined? Combined. Okay, that's crazy. What is it in Ontario? 13. 12%. Oh, 12.2. 12.2. Mm-hmm. Is it 12.2? Yeah. So okay. the, the temptation, um, you know what's really I know that annoying, BC John? is the lowest. When I, look out my, when I look out my window, I'm looking at a 12.2% tax land where I'm sitting is 21. Yeah, well, you just need to set up your corporation in a different fucking zone. No, now it's... So I could in the past. Why would, why would you not? Because where I operate my business, I'm charging QST. So it makes it illegal. So when I'm, so it, man, you should have moved. Well, 
all my business is is set up in Quebec. Like all of my business. I guess so, in but I mean, yeah, that's a massive difference, though. It I mean, is for every for every for every hundred thousand dollars you I make, make ten thousand dollars less than you. Well, yeah, but but also compounding into the future. I know. The one thing I will say I like about Quebec, though, is that um, I have two degrees and I paid six thousand dollars for them. So. Well, no, you. I mean, I, I guess that's where the tax. I mean, everyone yeah. pays more taxes. So I have a bachelor's degree and a master's yeah. degree, and the entire time I was in school, I paid six thousand dollars for six years of education. Yeah, I guess so. So it's like, I mean, my kids yeah, also get, get to go to daycare for seven dollars a day. Um, across the board, right? I mean, obviously, yeah, certain, little, certain daycares charge more because they're nicer, but like the welfare get, system out there. Oh, everyone, man, get this. You're gonna like this, John. Prenups are impossible and illegal and do not hold up in court in Quebec. You cannot get a prenup in Quebec. So Miranda and I started looking into this after we got engaged because both of our parents are divorced because of financial reasons mostly. Yeah. So we were just like, we should probably get a prenup. We go to get a prenup and the notary's like, no, it I can write one for you, but the judge would throw it out if you ever tried to use it because anything that you touch after you get married. So essentially, like, let's say I buy a Ferrari, okay? Let's say my kid sits in my Ferrari one time, it's now split 50%. Anything my kid touches or experiences or visits, like I buy a, co- I buy a property that my kid goes to once, it's now eligible to be split 50-50 in a divorce. Hey, mom, how come we own a house that only daddy gets to go into? <laughs> no, but just, just think about how insane that is, though, right? Like, it Hey, just... dad, can I, can I ride in your Ferrari with you? No, no, sorry, you can't. You can only look at it. Don't no, 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 no. It. If he looks at it, he's experiencing it, so you can't even experience it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but just like that is Quebec law. Like, Quebec is so different, man. Well, yeah. Now, I will say, oh, though, wait, I, me, sorry, your, my, your my, lights my just go out. My smart. I, like I think the Quebec government just heard him. They're <laughs> on their way. Like, hey, um, it's 11% up to half a million. After half a million, though, then it, then it, it changes. Yeah, I, mean, I think Quebec's the same. They just have higher. It also, your passive income works against your active income. It's, it's half a million dollars. There's all, I'm, we're not gonna, I don't want to bore everyone, but there's, there's a lot of details that, that, can, that can change the, cir- the circumstances. Yo, I have a question about that compensation for Brady. Like, why isn't it not 26%? <laughs> such an amber question <laughs> i mean the same reason why it's not 23 percent, which is what that is 25 <laughs> percent. i mean at some it's point a quarter time, an arbitrary it's a number. quarter that's why now for me i mean again you know again I didn't john did you do complicate this sorry to interrupt you just to confirm before we move on from the comp package is it 25 percent the whole year or is it after a certain revenue has been produced no, it's on the year. Okay. Yeah, John. Yeah, it's on the year. Um. Oh yeah, the way that I the way that I roughly thought about it was that how much value am I offering to him versus how much he's going to be offering to me, and how does that work out as far as a breakdown goes? And I think that a you know. I mean, it, it just as easily could have been, let's say, twenty four percent. I could have worked out some magical number, but for me, I think that he's doing about a quarter of the, a quarter of the value being provided. I had to think about, like, you know, based on how much I think we're going to do in revenue, and how much that ends up being him. 
would I be willing to do what he's doing for that amount of money? The answer was yes. If it was more, I would have been more than happy to do it. If it was less, then I would, you know, then I would, you know, like if I had to pay him more, then I wouldn't bring him on. If I had to pay him less, well, then of course I'd, I'd bring him, but then he wouldn't do it, you know? So do you find that you're in a position with Brady where you have a, you have like a contractual obligation for a compensation package, a package for one year? Yes. But you have a little bit of a deeper commitment that, like you said, is to make him a franchise owner partner, but also just a commitment to like grow together. Do You find that that is present or maybe not yet. Yeah, no, I, I, um, like, have I, you had like that I'm conversation? That, yeah, like for sure. I mean, and, and, you know, and, and I mean, this is sort of what I was craving with the Matt situation, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it's I, interesting. I'm I, in the I, same um, position now. I'm looking for a GM and I find it extremely like it's, it's a weird idea. Cause how do you have a conversation like that with a stranger? Cause I don't know. Well, okay. I knew Brady before. Um, let's say you didn't know Brady. Well, this would be completely different yeah. if I didn't know Brady. Yeah. I would, I would, I, I, um, if I did, okay. So if I didn't know Brady, what would you do? I would go about it completely differently. So if, if I didn't have like, so <laughs> if I owned a painting business and I didn't like, cause I can pull from student, you, works, you'd be cleaning right? so your guns pull. during an interview. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, I would change the dynamic. So what I would do if I didn't know Brady, uh, or if I didn't have student works to pull from, which is basically pulling um, people that uh, have ran have ran a similar business, okay, that are in a unique situation where they're they're they have a a, a finite the the opportunity is finite, like they they can only do student works for so long, yeah. like, and, and and the 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 benefits of doing it decrease over time to some degree. There's a kind of like a peak, maybe in a trough, but because you're not building an asset with with student works in the same way that you are exactly. with works or any other business yeah um because you really don't have ownership uh you're not really a business owner right like yeah yeah the, the same way that someone might you're, say well, you're why a licensee would work for me why would anyone why would anyone work for i guess another thing too amber i should mention is that my royalty because of the unique circumstances that are you know that arised from me being the top operator in 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 company history i was able to get a very sweetheart deal when it came to pro works so my royalty up to a million and after a million are lower than anyone's ever going to get period. It's just, it's never going to happen ever again, mainly because there probably won't be another situation that, that, that I came out of. You know what I mean? So that's also part of it too, is that, that he gets to piggyback off of that. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Is that, is that difference? Uh, it's substantial. Yeah. Cause if he's planning on being with you for, let's say five to 10 years, you run that out over, yeah, it's a couple probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. It's 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 no, it's just yeah, it's a, it's a very substantial amount. Like when you when yeah. you look at the, the but if I wasn't so if I didn't have that to pull from and I was just having to bring this off, I wouldn't hire a GM. Um what I would do is I would break apart the role into many smaller components and I would hire each of those. So really? I would I would uh yeah, 100%. Wow. Yeah, there's no chance. Yeah, so I would Is that I after would, um, your experience with Matt? Yeah, one hundred percent. I would never. No, I would. Yeah, and and and, and matter of fact, with the way that Trish and I are building Pure Air is exactly the way that I'm about to describe. Mm. But I would. I think ProWorks is different because I have Brady. Yeah, if I understand. I, Brady, I understand that. If Brady left at the end of the year, I would then go into a different. I would go into a different. Okay, mode. I get but that. What I would do is 
I would I would have an appointment setter and lead lead generator. So this person, their sole job would be lead generation and appointment setting. That's all they would do. So you don't think that's two different call. jobs? No, no. I, I no. agree with that. Uh, lead gen and an eight point call. Yeah. So yeah. all you're doing all day is you have access to a calendarly or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. where you have access to a sales rep schedule. Okay. And, uh, and you could have multiple sales reps if you wanted to, but basically all that would happen is, uh, you'd have a guy and you can now take a mind. These lines were arbitrary. You could, you could change these slightly, but I think lead setter, uh, lead gen appointment setter. So what would happen is, um, the guy would go out, generate leads. They'd do cold calling. They would be in charge of flyer drops based on, you know, based on what's needed at the time okay and this is where this is where i'd still be involved which would then maybe would be another task that could get delegated out but um if it got large enough uh but based on flyer drops etc um you know they would handle all the different whatever inbound calls that would also happen too right if you look at our revenue spread cold calling is actually going to be one of our lowest it's it's going to be one of, it's going to be lower like it, we're only going to generate about $300,000 in revenue this year from cold calling mm. whereas our total revenue would be like 1.5 1.6 wow. so it's no longer uh, it's no longer like we're going to get probably more referrals than cold calling this year right um web leads are probably going to be about 300,000 so we're going to get more from web than we are probably cold calling this year wow. right so so it's no longer the biggest part of our business okay uh largest part of our business so anyway lead gen then all they're going to be doing is just eight point calls. Yeah. So they're just going to be setting up these eight point calls. Yep. Then there's a sales rep who's going to go and complete these estimates. Okay. They're going to book them in. And then that individual is going to be scheduling the jobs. Okay. And coordinating. Okay. The information that's unique during the estimate. Somehow, probably through the app to Jocelyn and her production team. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jocelyn. Um, the sales rep would have to be in charge of recruiting as well, which may even be a whole separate role. That's what I would call an operations manager. And then you have a marketing manager. The issue with the hiring manager is I don't know how I pay them. It's, again, I, I think that's something well, that's I'd what I'm saying do. is you put I it think in I with would the still sales do rep. recruiting. I think I would, I think I'd break it apart into two different roles, lead gen appointment setting sales rep. I hire two different roles. I'd pay each of them $25 an hour. Interesting. So and I and I'd give and I'd give a, a a bonus to each of them based on certain revenue numbers. Now here's a so John I I do I do see Something the value like in that. that. Now let me let me pitch you a hypothetical. You get an applicant for the sales role that after talking to in a preliminary interview, a final interview, and even through training, you're realizing that this person views the diff the business similarly to the way you view the business and maybe thinks about things. In, cool. In Fucking earn it later. Okay, but. No, I'm serious. <laughs> no, no. I, I okay, just, I, I, hold on. I'm hold done on. with this whole jack of all trades bullshit. Okay, but um, you realize that it's going to be more beneficial to have them do the lead gen as well as the sales. No, here's the thing. The reason, but here, here's why. I, here's why Tristan and I are choosing to not do this. So right now, the way that the peer air operates is I'm doing lead gen, okay, and the appointment setting. Okay. The technicians then do the on-site inspection. So that's now no longer a high-level task. So like actually going and meeting the client and doing- On-site and, inspections and, mean and, estimates? Yes, but but uh, unlike painting, you don't do the estimate right then and there. Okay, so it's a preliminary a walkthrough essentially. Correct, okay. correct. 
Yeah, correct. So, but you're really selling the whole time, like passively almost, right? With the if if it's residential, yes. maybe, right? No, there's no so resi um, resi quotes are not done by uh, by the franchise, huh? Unless they're very large. So, like someone can so like like let's say like uh like let's say someone like, he, like he, there's what's what's yeah what's what's breaking into two different uh, two different types of revenue. There's commercial and resi. Yeah. Okay, so in general, resi is you know residential home, single family house. Okay, that kind of thing. Okay, these individuals. Trish and I will never really speak to. So they call the call center, which is a part of our royalty. Yeah. Okay. They call in and they say, Hey, um, I heard about you guys. Uh, I like to get my ducks cleaned. And then, and then that, that call center does an eight point call and books them in to the technician schedule right then and there based on the availability that Trish and I have sense. laid out. Yep. And then that technician then goes and does that job, does all the upsells. So right now, for example, we're uh, uh, Jeffrey and Jose, the two technicians we have, they're taking an average base rate of five forty nine, and they're turning that into roughly an eight hundred to a thousand dollar job mm. when all is said and nice. done. So, and and at no point is are we involved in that whatsoever. So you're doing commercial lead gen and eight points then. Correct. Okay. So business to business, uh, yeah, business to business effectively, and and, and like and business to, to organization, managers. like schools and shit. Yeah. So for example, like we've cleaned like most of the major hotels now in in whistler so like we cleaned the hilton already like you know so like i just call them up talk to maintenance manager right we, we you know we're doing a quote for a university you know that kind of stuff right okay um calling veterinary clinics just basically just doing basic cold calling now that's not a high level task like it's, it's not a very difficult task right. so this will be something that we can delegate out quite quickly once we uh, get enough scale that we can have uh, a bd role yeah okay? which is what is right, what right, bd right, is right. business development that's what we call okay so i generate the lead i schedule the appointment the technician then does the on-site inspection. So as in, as long as you have technicians, the inspection can be done. So you, it's it's not a highlight. Again, it's a very, right, it's so a very is, simple yeah, task. For me, it's a salesperson. So yeah, okay. No, but one of you, no, but imagine if you had one of your own roofers go and do an inspection of someone's roof and take all the measurements. Inspections now, you, your and franchise repairs? does that. Yeah, inspections and repairs. Yes, that's how it works. Well, you're, I guess you're, because your franchise, they look at, the, they, they actually do this, the quote for you, don't they? They do. Yeah, so that's super convenient, right? So, so anyway, so anyway, on-site inspection technician does that. He then fills out a very detailed report that then goes to a commercial estimator. This commercial estimator then puts together a proposal, sends that to Tristan. Tristan does it once over and then continues the sales cycle and closes the deal with the. So with Tristan the, uh, closes. He's like the black ace of the entire thing. Yeah. So basically, the sales process is lead gen appointment set on-site inspection commercial estimator closer wow that's really cool so but the reason why this is important is that my role exceptionally easy to do not difficult there's i mean you know skill obviously tristan's helps, role but it's not difficult to, to do tristan's role is the hardest to replace but not that hard to replace yeah 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 but like one of your it's not that hard to replace. let's say you have a technician that is shown to like on the resi residential side can easily double or triple a job week over like day over day or whatever and he's also very yeah. sales oriented maybe you start to push him into a position like tristan's over time yeah what we're what we're gonna go towards is uh and we already have our guy jeffrey that we're working towards this the goal is to get him into a bd role where he'll be doing the closing and as well as the lead gen appointment set mm -hmm. so all the inspections will be done by the uh inspect by the technicians 
the commercial estimator will put together the quote, send that to Jeffrey. Jeffrey then will close the contract. Right. So he's in charge of lead gen. And then, and then, but then once we level up a little bit higher, then Jeffrey will only be doing the closing. And then we'll have like an office in West Van with, you know, two or three sales reps and all day they're just doing BD. That's all they're doing, just calling, just appointment setting. Okay. Beauty. Wow. So we're breaking, no, because with the Matt situation, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't like the fact that our, our entire business was predicated on one individual. So we would rather have it broken into smaller parts that we have more control over that are more easily replaceable, that are lower skill, and ultimately end Damn. up paying way less. John, right? I think like you, I think you changed, I think you changed my mind on this. Now, see, painting though is not is already the business model is not as favorable as these other business models because uh it's 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 more the, the quoting process i would say is more technical it is and it's less it's i would say it's also less divisible now <clears throat> in saying that though i could also just completely change my business model if i really wanted to if i really wanted to get crazy with it i totally could because i could the main thing i could change is whether or not we do uh in-person estimates mm-hmm. and i would completely change the the quoting process mm-hmm. you would just have to play the just trying to maximize the amount of quotes you email a week or something which is what we do with pro yeah. with with yeah. uh pure because but now pure is also com- com- completely different because you're also your ability to close contracts at the time of the estimate is exceptionally low not because of like some storytelling commercial. but because like if you're it's commercial um it, it's highly unlikely you're going to get an entire strata to fuck you know it's just not it's just not a yeah thing. dude it's, i'm currently dealing with a, with a condo corp that has eight decision makers <coughs> it's like a fucking yeah it's exactly like a, it's like an eight armed beast it's like how do you defend how do you handle yeah this? like a dent like a dentist office like yeah. they just like but also um but also it's really important to understand as well that these tend to be low ticket items like even cleaning the hilton's dryer vents was like twelve hundred dollars like it wasn't like some massive, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so these are not every what every uh, year. Yeah. Like 1200 bucks a year just for the dryer vents though. I mean, there's the hallway systems is different. We have a PTAC quote actually that, that we're looking like we're going to close. That's it's much larger. Right. But so, but point being though, is that a lot of these are low ticket items. You get your foot in the door. You get your, well, you also get what's called PMAs. So we're signing these PMAs. Like, you know, some of our PMAs are like $300. But now we know, like, next year we already have Dude, a what's PTAC? What's PMA? Right. What is this? PMA is a preventative maintenance agreement. Okay. And it's what's basically PTAC? just a, it's PTAC. I don't even know what the hell PTAC stands for. It's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what it stands for. But do you know when you're in a hotel and you have like that AC unit that's just in every single hotel room? It's like, oh, you know, yeah. like it's kind of near the floor. That's called a PTAC unit. Cool. And, we're expanding into that because most hotels don't clean them or if they do it's very basic where they just kind of pop off and just kind of the the, the housekeeper might vacuum it whereas we actually want to do a deeper clean and these can be massive massive jobs yeah. man must be kind of scary what you see when you pop off that cover sometimes too eh, in hotels we did a there was a well the hotels aren't as bad but there was a church that we did a, a cleaning for actually it was just really funny uh there's two there's two stories already so one there was a church that uh hadn't been cleaned or hadn't been cleaned very well uh, in a long time and there was like three dead rats inside their ducts oh 
It was disgusting. There was like there was like lunch. There was like blowing dead was dead rat air all over the place. And then the university that that I got a quote for, the guy was like, "Oh, like our filters are so good, we don't need to clean our ducks." And I was like, "Oh, really? Like you'd be the only university in Western Canada that doesn't clean their ducks? So maybe we should we should come by and <laughs> do, do a free case inspection. study for you." Yeah. So we did, and we came by, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like one one of the systems was so so clogged, like so covered in dust and dirt that you could roll it up and make a fucking carpet like it was like we're talking like several inches of dust like that like it's like, it's it's like when best. you take it's, your dryer filter out and it's just packed dude 100 percent. yeah that but like there was like what are those stalactites is that what they're called when they start like coming down from the top of the cave like there was some of those coming down like of dust <laughs> it was so fucking disgusting and, like, and it was like checkmate well, kind of, but you know, it is, you know, you, you gotta be careful. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But anyway, but, um, anyway, so break it down into smaller components. Now with Brady, the goal is to bring him on as an owner and then have him see the opportunity of then taking that action. If that makes that sense. That makes a lot so of breaking sense. Breaking it down. Right. Yeah. John, I, uh, I think, I think I see the value in that. There's a part of me that thought that of gm doing all roles would be easier to because I, I i ride the line between like fitting the position of the person and the person of the position but it seems like based on what you've experienced so far john is you fully vacated the idea of fitting the person to the job and just only doing what the business what's best for the business on paper and hiring for those positions and then natural selection will will kick in and or people will earn the position right here's the uh yeah I'll, I'll show you this tell me what you think of this this is the organizational chart template that we we have for trade art um what do you guys think of this yeah i mean i the only thing i would say is that it, it it's dependent on revenue like if you oh for sure to, for sure for sure yeah, yeah yeah if you allow me to screen share i can show you one for for peer air yeah, but but Austin, the reason I'm showing you this is because a general manager manages managers. Yeah. He's not I guess, doing... I guess what I'm saying then is I was mistaken because I would be the general manager and I was looking to hire a general manager, which would be too many, be, be almost conflicting. Can you guys give me a screen share? Yeah. No. Don't give him. He's going to... Don't do it. Okay. Give me a second. I've got to go here, by the way, in about 10, 10, 12 minutes here. Just realized that we've been destroying the um, podcast. How do, I how do I screen? Okay. Uh, okay, here it is. Okay, can you guys see this? Uh, yes. Okay, yep. so these are the org charts. So basically... The idea is that between zero and 300,000, you have an owner, business development, and two to four technicians. The owner is basically doing the business development, okay? And they are managing the two to four technicians, okay? And this is based on one sprinter equals two technicians, okay? Minimum, as per your contract, you have to do at least $15,000 a month uh, in revenue per sprinter, okay? And if you're amazing, you got $30,000, okay? Now... As you get larger, three to five hundred thousand, you're gonna have an office, okay? And you're gonna have a team lead operation. So this is basically like a, an operations manager to some degree, okay, who's gonna be solving day-to-day, -day, like putting out day-to-day -day fires and doing training and whatnot, okay? 
and they'll be managing the 48 technicians, okay? The owner at this point is still doing BD, okay? Now, take in mind, Tristan and I's chart's going to look slightly different because we don't have to pull income from this, so we're able to t kind of bypass some of the yeah. unprofitableness, yeah. From 500000 to a million, uh, you have the owner who, uh, at this point, is still doing BD, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's an operations manager who's managing now a... a again, breaking the rules apart, doing a trainer and a team lead. Team lead is, again, handling day-to-day -day operations for eight-plus technicians. The trainer is doing any of the, obviously, tra training any new staff and onboarding uh, onboarding new staff constantly. Operations manager is holding those two accountable, okay? Then, obviously, for one million over, again, you have a GM who's managing operations manager. So, again, not involved in the day-to-day. -day, so, all that kind of repeats. And the GM now is doing BD, and the owner is at and above them, okay? So in, in this situation, Tristan and I are more closer to this one here. Uh, yeah, the, the three 500,000. Very cool. Yeah. This is the stuff I nerd out on. The one thing I, I guess I don't yeah i guess uh i look at it a little bit differently based on my lens because 40 to 50 percent of my time is spent in business development for the franchise and also coaching other franchisees so when i think about augmenting my business i think about i tend to, to default more towards the general manager role because it'll be easier to coach my franchise with a larger degree of similarity of which I coach other franchises. Whereas, well, you see what I'm saying? But yeah. it's, a, but, but it's, but much, it's strictly a personal ease thing that I never really realized. Here's a question for you. How much of your decision-making do you think is affected by the, well, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong here in my assumption, mm. but how much do you think your decision-making is affected by the fact that you, that you want or need to pull income from the paint or from, sorry, from the roofing franchise location? I don't need to. I don't. So I don't you, strive if to. If you didn't receive any, well, but if you pulled zero dollars in dividends from your roofing franchise over the next three years, that would not affect you in any way. Uh. Okay. No, I thought you meant this year. You're saying if I didn't need to touch any money in the business of my personal franchise, correct. Would that change the way I make decisions? That's your question? No, no, I'm saying, but no, but, but I'm saying, yeah, how much of your decision-making process do you think is, oh, is affected by the oh, fact oh. that you, that you, that like you, you need the income, like not like in like a, in like a haha Austin, you're weak, but like in a, like it's, it's, you have a mortgage, you have, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, Austin, you're weak. <laughs> I would say, uh, relative to what the business is holding in cash i guess not i get i can't really answer that question because i don't know what no okay but it, it probably is affecting your decisions yeah in the okay sense yes, that yes yes you might yeah because you it's, might it's be more making than zero. decisions well but so so that's one of the beauties of so that's why i'm trying to hang on to pro works so that i so that and develop that asset so that i can still you know have income from it and still be okay because the relationship that Trish and I have with with the location that we have in in Vancouver, uh, from an income perspective, is ideal in the sense that every dollar that that business makes, we 
are going to use that to grow. Because the and Amber would appreciate this too. Amber, we're talking about uh, whether or not uh, Austin's decision making is affected by the fact that he needs to pull income from the roofing franchise, right? Because businesses uh, that like, if you think about it, a business um, when it when it produces free cash flow, right, it can then expand its business with a free cash flow, mm-hmm. right? Now, a business is hindered. It's it's ability it's it's ability to grow is hindered if it's if if all that free cash flow is being siphoned off, right? And so, a business that has an owner that is needing the money is less uh, ideal than a, a business where the where the business the owner is completely separate. As in, uh, yeah, I do, um, I get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but so with with, with Trish and I, we can do things that are different than other franchise locations because we're willing to be less profitable in the short run because we understand that like so for example like yeah, there's decisions I, that I, I the totally average, get what you're saying yeah but I, i'll give you one example which you probably see a lot in franchises like a lot of guys might need money like literally tomorrow yeah. so they they start doing roofing themselves yeah that, that, that <laughs> right yeah well so in pure air that happens all the time where someone gets into a technical into a technical role and they don't have time for bd yeah well that that that's always a challenge and amber deals with that a lot too is like the more the more time i guess amber said something once that i kind of try to use as a yeah it was it was like if you are spending any time um on your try on the tools now give me give me a give me a shot. See how far off I am. If you're spending for for every hour or minute or whatever you're spending on your tools in a production role or in like a employee role in your business, you're essentially saying that your business is okay. Like you're giving up your real position, which is the owner, saying you're totally okay not giving your business what it needs because you're the only person that can currently in bd and, and actually proactively planning what the business needs in the future as opposed to being reactive in the moment um what was the actual quote hammer for every hour that you spend on the tools swinging a hammer is an hour that you didn't spend on the business growing it yeah 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 um do you guys want to jump to whack versus wise if not i uh that is chill i'm i just might have to take off Yeah, let's do it. By the way, do you guys mind that I that I leave around ten thirty now? Is it a hindrance to you, or would you prefer? No, I I mean I I, I like to leave around this time too. Yeah, no complaints. I get tired around this time. Imagine it being ten thirty for you, John. You'd be sonked out. Hmm. All right. So remember how I uh, so remember how I showed you guys this guy from Detroit who Spin was rapping, who was rapping on different beats, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like this obscure guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. So 
Lyrical Lemonade reached out to him and they made a collab for a third of the trilogy. So the first one he made with Beats from Detroit. Then he made like all-time classics. And now he made one with a very famous like director called Cole Bennett. Um, entirely shot on iPhone. And they released this song two months ago. And look at the views it has so far. This guy's from Detroit? Oh, yeah. Four million views in two months. So this is Babytron, Mm -hmm. Emperor of the Universe, shot on iPhone by Cole Bennett. So there you go. See this iPhone quality. Can you hear it? Peeking out the blind. Heard the eyes hip on the back, though. Shit, boy, I'm creeping out the side. I'm a boss, you a work. Like, why in the fuck is you speaking out of line? Can't leave without it, boy, I need it on my side. Feeling kind of evil, it's a demon when I ride. Spent 12 in the baby stuff. You that one guy the hoes used to rate love. You that one guy that blew an eyes tape love. Let a bitch ask for something, I'ma say no. Let him try to pass the wood, I'ma say no. You ain't never seen the Drake with the A chord. Lamb chops with the zip, fuck the steak sauce. Seen him out, he got to run it home like his baseball. Bitch, if you ain't independent, stay your ass at home. I can slide down blowing fully switches like they saxophone. Talking body missing way until they find the bag of bone. Had to go and hire 30 workers just to stash the love. Walking to the spot and running like I'm Chris Breezy. Sweater by the gallery, I think the kick's easy. Talk about some Johnny Dang, why your kid cheese? Wow. Insta, I'm Johnny Cage, with his punch somebody, of shit somebody easy. Somebody should have told him, how to, taught him how to swing a hammer. Sitting sideways, I can get it fireways. Lil Brody found out crime pays, he raised the crime rate. Why the fuck he nickel diamond acting like he buy weight? Why the fuck the big body can't fit up in the driveway? She eat me up like it's Benny Honey. Walking out, kick, say Balenciaga. Hill Kitty, you do 150, this not a hundred. I got the sauce, I got cheese, this is not lasagna. Hope they don't see me in public, got Balaclava. Hope they don't bug me in public, got Blinky. Big Click, Curtis Jack, got 50. Interstate scene, cops got shit. Sipping on some walk, little bitches, not big bees, yeah. Had to go and take the mask off. Lil Cuddy, he don't rap, he just sitting in the trap. He just trying to go and get the bag off. There you go. I felt the, the first one was better, I felt like. Uh, Ammer, that one scene when he's like on the construction site, I'm pretty sure that guy like was just. I don't know if he, that was a parody of you or you were a parody of him, but <laughs> those okay. photos of Ammer on the site, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's true. I'm never on the job site, but there you go. Um, yeah, 21 different beats on the song. Yeah, yeah not good. Oh, it's 21 beats too many. <laughs> <laughs> I misclicked because I was laughing. Uh, all right. Okay, sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry. Nah, I ain't sorry. I'll scam your ass again. I'm just rapping while I'm thinking. I don't even have a pen. Make a hundred ten times. Used to couldn't stack a ten. It's all right though. Sheesh. Called. A choppa RDB boy, it'll drop kick you. Fuck. <laughs> if you ain't SBDSM, then I'm not with you. Nope. Big Pits, St. Bernard, boy, this is not schnitzel, burr. 
Couldn't take a step in my shoes. Boy, they do not fit you. Few, huh? Ride around. AMG, huh? Ride around. K on me. Huh? Pew. Right around turned. I just pour a quaggin up in a fago cream. Hurt. <laughs> you ain't ride around nowhere, nah. You ain't riding nowhere with the tank on E at all. Blue check walking out the bank on fleek. Quarter ticket in a month. It'd take four weeks. Bert. Chillin'. I got walkie up in my body. Chillin' with aki he riding with tommy i hop off the jet then i mop or a hop in the mozzie all that killer talk bitch you never dropped a body i don't wrestle shit i ain't scotty too haughty try and box us you gonna get boxed up bert been on go since the jump i ain't never stopped once nah bert once you pull some dirt you stick with it forever. Brody on parole. Don't give a fuck. He clutching it on 10. Ever. See an op at church. Don't give a fuck. We stumpin' him wherever. Asking about the rat game, rap game. Go on this shit forever. Wow, that was painful. Ooh. That was super painful. I, I had Tron. a stroke listening to that. Baby Tron. Yeah, I... I <laughs> I when I was reading that I was because I've always wondered I'm like man what would a stroke feel like and when I was reading that I was feel like I was close to it. Oh man! All right, okay, Babytron so, versus. Uh, this is a quote from Fred Coke. Who's that? From the Coke, the Coke brothers. Like the Coca Cola brothers? No, no, like K O C H Coke. Oh, Kosh. It's actually pronounced Coke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, and that's kind of the joke Whoops. behind their family. It's that it's the family that it's the richest family that no one's ever heard of, and those who have don't know how to pronounce their name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them on Forbes before. I've read about them before. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so funny because everyone says Kosh, and in, including me, or Kosh, Kosh, or Kosh, and it's actually pronounced Coke. Yeah, mm. Charles Coke, the Coke brothers. Anyway, after their father's funeral. Bill, Charles, and David boarded a small plane, flew up above the Flint Hills, and scattered their father's ashes above the rolling acreage of his beloved Spring Creek Ranch. Later, while setting his father's affair in order, Charles unearthed a letter Fred had written on a cold January day in 1936, two months after Charles' birth and when Frederick was three. He told his sons that they would one day inherit a large sum of money in he imparted his wisdom regarding this inheritance. It may be a blessing or a curse. You can use it as a valuable tool for accomplishment, or you can squander it foolishly. If you choose to let this money destroy your initiative and independence, then it will be a curse to you, and my action in giving it to you will have been a mistake. I should regret very much to have you miss the glorious feeling of accomplishment, and I know you are not going to let me down. Remember that often adversity is a blessing in disguise, and is certainly the greatest character builder. Be kind and generous to one another, and be good to your mother. So that was kind of his like his parting words to his kid wow. on why it should matter, which I kind of liked. But let me read you this one as well, because I thought this was this was kind of a, an example of just how ruthless Charles was. 
his belief this is talking about charles Koch, the 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 most successful of the brothers his belief in the cold logic of capitalism was absolute and unforgiving without room for equ equivocation 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 or shades of gray for those businessmen who did not adhere to the laws of the market who did not create value he had a not a shred of pity every time i hear of an entrepreneur going out of business i cheer charles said he did not serve the consumer and for that he should be a janitor or a worker wow <laughs> yeah Damn. and then here's one last short quote that fred used to say a man of modesty he was never impressed with flattery okay he used to say rang flattery is much like perfume it's okay to inhale it but never to swallow it i'm gonna take charles Koch over uh or charles coke over uh baby tron reading about the coke family by the way highly recommend very interesting what are they what, rich from uh industrials so they that's the interesting thing about them is like they own a bunch of businesses that impact your daily life but but in very weird ways so like natural gas oil refineries um you know uh they make different kind of nylons and polyesters and just kind of you know ray mm. rayon and, and just a bunch of different like kind of clothing materials um cloud computing uh just a, just a it's a conglomerate it's just a very wide variety mm. of businesses georgia pacific they make uh like dixie cups toilet paper um different paper products mm. yeah. glass as well for cars yeah you know, they make i mean basically every at least once a day if not more you're going to touch a product that was at least somewhat partially the raw materials at least because like, that's what they're good at they're good at commodities net yeah. net worth of 58 billion that's just the one brother too. The, I think all That's of the Charles. brothers were billionaires. Yeah, Charles is the richest. Yeah. Nice. Okay, gentlemen. That was fun. It was. Okay. All right. Good night. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail .com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.